Warning, the opinions expressed on this particular podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the guests alone. They do not represent the army, the police, or anything else. Simply our opinions, no one else's. Thank you and enjoy before I forget. How's it going? Welcome to Before I Forget. This is Tyree. Going to clue you in on a little bit about what we have going on. Uh, this episode, we have Sergeant Major Rob Absher. He's in the Army. He's in charge of stuff. We're going to have a conversation with him about Army life, when he came to our unit, our deployment to Iraq, things like that. You know, family life while being deployed while being in charge of an entire staff this is what we're going to have a conversation with him about um, we have some technical difficulties with Anchor but we're going to try to fix it with my slick edits uh, apparently uh, the name of this episode is called Bingo and I was told that it had to be called bingo those inside jokes enjoy hey 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 you got me yeah i got you what's going on man awesome hey man great to hear your voice yeah it's good to hear you too long time i know it's been uh 20 years decades decades and shit oh man wild yeah we're just waiting on kevin Okay. Don't don't worry about all this shit. We'll uh we'll edit this out. Okay. No worries. Yeah. Damn. So it's been up. To, well, we won't even get into any questions. But yeah, it's been a long ass time. <laughs> yeah, I was I was thinking about that. Like listening to the the podcast on my way to work this morning. It's like just hearing y'all's voices, man. I haven't. Dude, it's just I don't know. Too long, yeah. I guess. Hey. There's <laughs> Kevin. <clears throat> Howdy. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going, man? Good, dude. It's awesome. Yeah. Oh, your 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 audio sounds really good. We need to tell people to do whatever the fuck you're doing. It's my AirPod things, the plug-in AirPods. Okay. Uh, yeah, the the wired the wired fucking ones that come with an iPhone. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm using. That's what I, yeah, yeah, man. Tyree, get on the ball. Do you stop buying shit off of Amazon? Uh, first of all, first of all, I'm trying to find the shit. It's somewhere in my house. I gotta fucking find them. Second, you ball, said second. Anthony fucking destroyed them. Well, you know, there's multiple pairs. Anyway, hey everybody, hey. this is oh. uh, uh, before I forget our uh, podcast where we just talk about shit uh, stories, and uh, we have a special <laughs> guest today. <laughs> we have a yeah. special guest today. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey everybody, my name's uh, my name's Rob Absher. Uh, I deployed with Kevin and Tyree about, gosh, I mean, we were talking before this started almost a decade and a half ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, man, like 16 <laughs> years ago? Yeah. Feels like it's been that long since I heard you guys' voice, too. This is awesome. You know, it's crazy that you say that because it has been that long since I've heard your voice, but, like, it it sounds exactly as I, as I remember it. <laughs> I hope that's a good thing. No, it really yeah. is, man. But I mean, and I know that sounds creepy. Like, I like I sit there and lay in my bed and like think about like, hmm. You do. 
I do. Don't even <laughs> front like you're right. you don't. Like you're bullshitting. Like we know. We know. I, t- I told you that in confidence, man. I know, but I just want you to remember. Oh, okay. Before I forget. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's good to know I'm still in your fantasy files, man. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> First folder to go to. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> Call it old trusty. Yeah. 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 Anyway, anyway. So, anyway. This, hey, the way the, the uh, time goes on these shows, it gets ate up quick, so we're going to get right into it. Okay. Uh, what did you do uh, before you joined the military? Oh man, uh, a whole lot of nothing. I think like most kids that joined the army, I was, uh, I was a student in high school, uh, graduated. I did some like really shitty retail work. Uh, you know, I kind of hit the wall of, you know, I could either continue on with college or I could get a real job. Um, and then I had a couple of friends that were joining the army, uh, hitched on with them, went to a recruiter's office one day and heard the spiel. And then, you know, like, uh, like on prom night, one thing led to another, and I ended up down at Fort Benning. <laughs> Why'd you go infantry? Why did I go infantry? Uh, <clears throat> man, so like I said, I I went to the recruiter's office with a, a couple of their friends, one in particular who was uh, just a super good friend of mine. Uh, and we thought, like, yeah, you know, we'll go on the buddy program. And, you know, for anybody that's familiar with that program, you go, you take the, you know, the required tests for the Army, and you go sit in front of a career counselor. And the lady pulled me to the side and said, hey, you know, your, your friend didn't test as high as you did. Um, he only qualifies for a certain amount of jobs. Um, and he's, you know, I know you guys talk infantry, but, you know, you can, you can get some other ones. And I, to be honest, you know, at the time I was pretty dumb and young and I didn't, I thought the army was the army. You got a gun, you, you know, you did outside stuff and that, that was it. I didn't know, yeah. you know, that, like being a medic or, you know, an intel guy was different than anything else. So I was like, nah, you know, I just want to join the army i don't really care what i do and i want to be with my buddy uh so again you know one thing led to another we both you know picked infantry and ended up at fort benning got off the bus and got separated and didn't see each other again for another like three years so that's crazy <laughs> hey product, <laughs> product what, of the environment I'm, I'm not trying <laughs> to laugh you? at you but i'm like damn that's fucking crazy y'all uh walked in there and was like fucking we're both gonna be infantry yeah. Ride, brother. <laughs> Hell yeah. Y'all just fucking went for it. And uh, <laughs> immediately separated like a fucked up family. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. What, where'd you, what year did you come in? I joined in the summer of 1999. Oh. So you're kind of old as shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely old as shit. Got the gray hairs, of, <laughs> gray hairs to prove it. <clears throat> no, that's, a, that's well, another thing, man. Like you... I, I'm, God, this 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 really sounds like I'm like fantasizing over you, but like you don't look like you've changed at all. Like you look, like I see your, your pictures on Facebook and stuff, man. Yeah, you look exactly like how I remember you, but like now, like with more responsibility. <laughs> so I I tell you, you know, when we we're I don't know if you remember how much alcohol we consumed in Germany, but I think that yes. preserved preserved me a little bit. Like uh, <laughs> yeah, like I don't know if there was formaldehyde coming out of the uh, the vodka Red Bull at the Rock Fabrique, but uh, Probably, I think yeah, I think it preserved it me a little bit. Yeah, yeah. it was. So you I'm sure know, there's some science there. Yeah. 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 You, you have a bunch of uh, history or, or prior knowledge about how the military was before 9-11. I do. Uh, what, what was your, uh, what was your, your position in the military at that, at that time? So, I mean, man, it was like a light switch. You know, when 9-11 hit and we started going to war, the army completely changed. Um, you know, before, before 9-11, the army was, you know, we were a garrison army. Um, we were doing the training. We were doing, you know, a lot of like go to war tasks, but 
for, you know, for a younger guy like me at the time, you know, I was a, a rifleman and a radio operator. Uh, it, it kind of seemed fruitless. And then, like I said, that light switch happened and it changed my perspective on the army. Uh, you know, totally, I think probably even up to before we went, went to Samara, I was ready to get out. Um, you know, I did my time. I you know, kind of got to see the world a little bit. Um, but you know, getting that taste of, uh, you know, doing, doing the job really, really got its, its hooks into me. And, you know, I developed that, that brotherhood network with guys like, you know, you two and, and everyone else along the way. So, uh, I guess kind of around the beating around the bush to answer your question. Uh, I didn't like, you know, pre nine eleven army. And then, uh, you know, it just got better. I feel like it, we, you know, we have more of a purpose, not that we didn't have a purpose before, but you know, it, there was a kind of a tangible goal for all the training that we were doing. So well, I mean, with that being said, then, I mean, I mean, I know like, you know, we're not officially in any country or whatever, you know, like we're operating in places to like small scale stuff or, you know, um, support stuff or, you know, you, you, your special operators doing things, whatever. But like, I mean, how does that how does that play into that now? I mean, do you feel like we're kind of reverting back to that like pre-war, that garrison army in a way? Um, so, OK, first, before I go on any further, I got to kind of caveat everything with this these are just my views i'm not speaking for the department of defense or anything like that um but you know i'll be honest man that's one of my fears is that you know we can potentially go back to that pre pre 9-11 army um where instead of having you know like paratroopers we have gara troopers mm-hmm. um but i think that you know we have a lot of lessons learned over the past you know 20 years of war to where you know, hopefully someone's filing that stuff somewhere, you know, we have the technology available to, you know, capture our lessons learned from previous, right. Previous stuff um, to where we hopefully don't go back to that. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, we have a smarter army now um, than, than when I joined just based off of the, the soldiers we have. I mean, dudes are smarter. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, they I, really are. Yeah. I, I look at, I mean, you're, you're, you're doing the drill sergeants thing. You, you see the young kids that come in. It's like, man, you guys are way more put together than I was when I was a kid. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's wild to me, man. Like they, I mean, they definitely ask way more questions than I ever would have thought to ask. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I don't know if that you can chalk that up to, you know, basic training being a bit more lax than it was, or that's just these kids and that's just their mindset. Yeah. Um, but you, I mean, you definitely got to appreciate it, man. I mean, it's, 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 uh, cause you think when they get to their unit, right. They're going to want to know what's going on. They're going to be, and they're going to want to be in the loop and all that's going to, is assuming that they have good leadership it's going to help them ha- have a better view of the full picture um which you know I, you know like you said that that's a smarter soldier they understand what's going on outside of their their uh their realm you know what i mean mm-hmm. i mean if you look at it like you know the way information flows now as opposed to you know when we were younger as soldiers i mean a kid gets i mean information it's not like he's sitting around waiting for the word at four o'clock at five o'clock mm-hmm. in the evening like they know instantaneously through either social media pages or, you know, web app calendars or, you know, name, mm-hmm. your, name your flavor of information flow. Like they're getting the information faster and they're processing it faster. I mean, it's just, I'm jealous. I guess, in the, you know, in the, the meantime, over there in the reserves, we can't even figure out how to do damn uh, ratings and crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Just, you know, the reserves is a whole it's a whole different animal man um, i know but you guys make this active duty shit sounds sharp as hell man I'm, <laughs> hell yeah i can I tablet my way through some shit we yeah. we, are, we have our shortfalls too man don't, don't don't get it twisted we're still out there you know stumbling through things every once in a while yeah i mean i mean yeah i mean give credit to the, to the reserves and guard where, where you can man it's not like they they do it all the time 
Uh, I mean, I will, I will say there are some jobs that are in the reserves and guard that like, you know, I mean, the, 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 the MOS that those people serve in, they more than likely do those jobs on the civilian side, um, which is just going to make them more proficient in those particular tasks. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, when it comes to like, you know, writing in COER, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a thing. It's like the old Apple commercial, you know, there's an app for that. There's an app for everything now. Yeah. So, no, shit, right. Yeah. Oh, okay, so uh, 9-11 hits or happens, and uh, where were you stationed at the time? Oh, man, this is a cool story. Uh, I was stationed at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. That was my first right. duty assignment. Um, and the, the day of September 11th, that morning, uh, a couple months previous to that, I I got in some trouble um, on the military and civilian side. And I, <laughs> I was – I know this. <laughs> yeah, I was underage drinking – minor in possession and using a fake ID. Um, and I got in trouble on the military side and civilian side, but that particular morning, uh, September 11th, I was in the Cumberland County courthouse, um, standing in front of a, a judge to, you know, get my, get my slap on the wrist essentially for, for being a drunken paratrooper in Fayetteville. <laughs> um, and I, you know, it was like 10 o'clock in the morning and I'm sitting there waiting and this guy comes in and, you know, taps the judge on the shoulder and, you know, everything gets quiet. You know, he bangs his gavel and he says, hey, look, um, you know, there was an attack up in New York. We don't have a whole lot of details, but it looks like terrorism. Um, so, you know, every government building in the United States is shutting down right now to include this one. So everyone's going to get a you know, continuance to a later date. Uh, so, you know, see the, the clerk or whoever on your way out. and You know, good luck. As I'm going to leave, he you know, he points at me cause I was in uniform because, you know, big Sarge, whoever it was, you know, who was in charge of me told me, Hey, if you go to court, you're going to wear your class A's. He pointed at me, said, Hey, come here. And I walked over and I was like, you know, yes, sir. And he said, Hey, look, you're in the military. He goes, uh, I'm guessing, you know, based off of what happened this morning, you're probably going to be busy for the next few months. So, um, you know, he gave me a fine. I think it was like a little over a hundred bucks. He said, pay the clerk on your way out and, you know, good luck. And I look Dang. back on that, you know, when I tell that story, it's like, you know, you're going to be busy for the next few months. Like, man, two decades later, yeah, 20 <laughs> still, years later, still consuming <sighs> my life to this day. So, uh, you know, everybody asked me what I was doing on September 11th. I have a really easy way of remembering it. So, yeah, that is, that is pretty well, man. I was just, I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, like busy for the next few months, few months, 20 years later. What's the difference? You know, yeah, I mean? my, my entire adult life. Yeah. 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 Entire <laughs> livelihood, everything that you're. You're not getting the back anyway. <laughs> so, um, man, we continue on with uh, where do you go from uh, your first duty station? So I left. Uh, I left Bragg and I ended up in Schweinfurt with you guys, um, and I got there where you guys were in Kosovo. Hey, hey. So I got there with all the new guys. Um, you know the the Mike Stampers, the Eric Hiles, the. Mm-hmm. I mean, all those those kids that were back there that you guys were gonna haze when you got home from uh, or not haze, not <laughs> haze. Nope, we, nope, we, we don't, don't we don't haze. We uh, integrate. You were yeah, probably gonna integrate it. into the platoon when you know upon <laughs> returning from you know the good fight there in Kosovo. And I was I remember standing there and you guys getting back and I think it was like Josh Duell or someone yelling at me and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. hey, you know, I've been in the army for a while. Yeah, you guys are all war heroes. You, you, you came to us. You were still uh, <laughs> Kosovo war heroes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you know we qualified for the VFW after that, man. We were veterans <laughs> yeah, of foreign yeah. wars for some reason. Thank you for your service. <laughs> yeah, right. You were uh, right. What, what, 
What rank were you came to us? I was a I was a pretty new specialist. Uh, yeah. I had been I think I'd been in the orange like a couple years at that point, but I was a new specialist. So, uh, and I, I kind of wonder. So, like when you came down on orders to come to uh, to Germany, uh, did you mean did you know we were a mechanized unit? I did, um, and I was excited about it. Not not so much as the mechanized portion of it. I mean, I was young, and I just wanted to you know see the world. I think mm-hmm. that's why you know most people are aged joined the army at that point so when i found out i was going to germany i was like yeah that's going to be awesome yeah mm-hmm. um i didn't really care about the mech or light or anything I just, right and i and i tell you i got i got everything i wanted out of that uh out of that assignment yeah man that was i mean i mean obviously that was my my first and uh really only active duty uh duty station but um yeah i mean it's fucking great over there i mean i know we've talked about previous episodes and and all that but like i i, I really can't talk about it enough like I, I don't know if I got lucky um, with with that being my my only active duty uh, post because uh, I mean it really was such a great unit, man. Like I mean, I feel like one two six was really kind of a, a cut above the rest. I mean, but again, limited uh, knowledge. But yeah. like <clears throat> moving 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 throughout your career, like I mean, how how does one two six kind of hold up? So I've got two kind of two ways of explaining that. The first one is. Uh, you know, our, our class A's, ASU's, whatever you want to call the dress uniform that we have, mm. you can wear a DUI, your regimental affiliation. I still wear a one, two, six. And really? I don't know how many times I've had that on with all the cool units that I've been in that where I have someone come up to me and like, you know, they'll point it and be like, oh man, you were a blue spader. Um, and yeah. I don't know if you remember the joke, like the spader communicator, like the earplug thing we used to have to wear. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it really does. I mean, and you, I can't tell you how many like old guys, young guys, because I mean, that unit's gone from Germany to Riley to Hood to, I mean, it's a Campbell now. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and the, the other half of that is you know, all the young soldiers I've gotten from being a squad leader all the way up to a, a sergeant major now. You know, these kids that are like, I'm done with the Army. I don't like it. And I always tell them, man, go to Europe. Uh, take, take two years of your life, go to Europe, go to Italy, go to Germany, and just try it out, man. It, like, it's something you got to experience. Um, yeah. Yeah, for, for, for the sure. culture, the camaraderie, I mean, seeing the world—it's—it it's, was just a great assignment for me. Um, I mean, granted, I guess you know, not, no one's going to get to be a blue spader over there, but right, yeah. just seeing the world. Mm-hmm. That is one thing, though, man. Like, I mean, you see all these different unit crests, and um, and uh, but like one two sixes crest, like it stands out. Like you know, a blue spader crest when you see it because it's a blue fucking spade on a white shield. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely very identifiable, but people also know. Yep. Um, yeah. And uh, I have uh, one, two, six plates in my truck, or I used to. I'm going to put them back on there. Uh, but I drive around, and people would flag me, not flag me down, but like point out their windows and like and mimic one, two, six with their fingers, like let me know, like, oh, that's fucking cool. Like they know what that is. <sighs> yeah. And they give a shit. That's dope. I love that. Yeah. That is cool, man. Yeah. <clears throat> So and 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 you say like all the like the DUIs the, um, the distinguished unit insignia. So you you wear you still wear the the blue spader crest, but like you're probably at this point authorized to wear a couple more, right? I am. I mean, you know, I've, I've been in a, a handful of units in the army, but I would say like you know a little bit of the combat experience with one two six, a little bit you know the camaraderie. It's like the dudes, man. Like yeah, I think I had probably you know of, of all the assignments I've had, I had the most fun there, and I think. Uh, probably what molded me, you know, and steered me in the direction that I am in the army today was just, you know, not only the dudes that we had that we served with, but we had some pretty good leaders. I mean, if you look at the first arm we had to that company, he's the daggum force comm CSM right now. So, oh, I know. 
Um, Crazy, right? Like wild. I ran into him a, a few, well, I guess almost a year now in Bliss. And it was like, gosh, you know, you talk about making it. It's like you and the Sergeant Major of the Army and that's it. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we, 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 got, we got lucky. Mind-blowing <laughs> how dope yeah. of a leadership, uh, like, up and down the line that we had. Like, yeah. uh, <clears throat> that's not, you know, anything. That's not a special story. We have a, a few Sergeant Majors. We have a few people who will climb that rank. And that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, we, we had a, our one of our PLs is a battalion commander now. Well, he just finished being a battalion commander with mm-hmm. uh, Lieutenant Gunther. I mean, it was yep. just, we it was just a cool crop of dudes. You know, mm-hmm. I suppose I, I watched. Uh, they had a video of his change of command ceremony, and uh, I watched it because, you know, I mean, that's the old PL. You know what I mean? And yeah. uh, I don't know if you previews where I talked about him, but like I had reservations about him when we first got him. I was like, this guy, he looked kind of dopey. He was very, you know, very quiet. Um, and when he did speak, he was very soft-spoken. He came from, from the medical corps. Yeah. But, like, yeah, yeah. He, everything about him, you were like, oh, gosh. Yeah, he always he, carried this holy water. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah but, like, he, but, he, but he proved himself, do you know what I'm saying? Like, he was, like, such a dominant guy. And I think, um, and, you know, when we were out doing the shit, man, he was there doing the shit with us. And you got you to gotta respect that, man. And. I feel- I feel like he walked away from that deployment with a silver star, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. for that thing at, uh, yeah, at uh, the compound. Crazy. Crazy. Fuck, yeah. Fucking warrior, this guy. Yeah. Nobody knew it. Nobody, Nobody knew it. He just had to turn it on. He sneak up on you. Yeah. <laughs> He's definitely that guy. You look at like his, uh, you know, like a, like a, like a passport photo. You're like, this, who, who is this yeah. dorky guy? Yeah. Or like, he's a badass. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking warrior. Yeah. Fucking loose spaders on his fucking chest. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> attached to it. Yeah. Hey, and we, we we also had that guy. We also had that guy. General um, Grigsby. Yeah. 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 Y'all hear that general? I mean, it went down. Well, funny, but it did. whatever. Is that general? Whatever. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, you can't win them all. Yeah. I mean, you can't. But you know, it was up there. Yeah. Did he? Is he retired now? I, I think he's I sure. Know. I'm sure I feel, he is. Yeah. Um, I, I just can't remember if he, because uh, he was a brigadier, wasn't he, at the time of his uh, situation? Uh, I don't know about that. I'm saying, like, back when he was the damn lieutenant colonel with the 126, he was a uh, he was a special dude. He'd show up to Rangers all pumped. Yeah, he was. Clanking them coins in his pocket. Yeah, just waiting for you to do something blue spader like, and he just fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing those damn coins out like ninja stars, man. Dude, awesome. dude, the uh, the retran site up in Kosovo, man. He, uh, we were up there, me, Billy Jack, and Vagnon, uh, and, and I can't remember who else. But like, he comes up there, man. He goes like, I want to go see the boys up at the retran site. And he comes up there, man, and he pulls out this like this bag of red man, and just fucking just grabs a fistful of it. And you know, he's a little guy, so like a fistful <laughs> for him is like you know, not a lot, but like it's still. And he shoves the whole thing in his mouth, man. And it was like a golf ball inside of his cheek. I, I swear to God, he had like brown drool coming down his chin. And he was just like, hell yeah, I'm, I'm with the boys. You know what I mean? It was like, it, he was eating it up, man. He was, he was loving it. Mm-hmm. It's like he, he missed those crazy. days or something. Yeah. I think he just loved the fuck out of the troops, the, the, uh, the guys out there doing the dumb shit. Yeah. He, uh, uh-huh. He's a cool dude, uh, and it was a, it was interesting to work under him because, like I said, anytime you're doing anything at a range, and it was cool to him. He passed out those coins like it was it was nothing. If you guys ever happen to see him at a bar, 
You ever get no. challenged? No. no. I never got a coin. Oh, man. I got a coin. I don't know what the hell I did with it. If you're listening and you you have uh, your hands on a damn uh, blue spader coin, send me one. You need, uh, dude, I've got one. I'll, you got one? I think I have two of them, actually. Do you have oh, yeah, the if, ones if you got from extra. Iraq, the ones with Iraq on them? I have a... I was I, I was going through my coins the other day. I have a Bravo Company one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got like the the minaret on it, the Samara oh, minaret. I don't have and that I, one. Yeah, uh, we all got them, didn't we? No, I yeah. didn't. Man, shit, I didn't get nothing, uh, man. Yeah. I, bar- I barely got my arc on. Well, <clears throat> no, I got I got one. I'm, I'm trying to find it right now, actually. Yeah, so it, mine, the one I have has a Bushmasters Bravo Company has a snake on it, and the other side has like the outline. Three. Uh, I gotta go through mine again. Was it? It was probably something you got in Kosovo. No, it was. I mean, deadline Iraq. Well, I don't have. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have got that oh, in yeah, Kosovo. You, yeah, you wouldn't have. But I, you know. I did get one in Kosovo from uh, from the first ID uh, commander, General Batiste. Uh, okay. He gave it to us after uh, we took him on a patrol in Zegra, and then dumbass private me fucking lost it like the next day. <laughs> so it's somewhere man, in that's, that's my life story man I get so many I had so many coins and I just kind of lost them I'm like damn if I, I can give those off to my boy that'd be awesome but your yeah. dumbass daddy screwed it up I never <clears throat> I never knew what to do with my coins and up until about a year ago I, I had like you know canteen cups the old canteen cups mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had two of them that they were just full of coins that I've gotten you know over the past two decades um, and my wife got on to me she's like these are like you know, these are important. These are a big deal. People have given them to you. You got to do something with them. And I kicked it around for a while. I ended up getting one of those like American flags that you put your coins in. Mm-hmm. Like a shadow so, box or something. Kind of sort of thing. Now I feel like an adult, you know, instead of like a you know, shitty E4 that gets paid a whole <laughs> bunch of money with my, you know, I just throw them in this canteen cup. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, I, I did the same thing with, with mine. Um, when I bought my house a year and a half ago, I, I bought one of those little boxes and it's up on the wall. Um, I got actually, so I just had my 20 year high school reunion not too long ago. And uh, one of the guys that I graduated high school with, um, he's a lieutenant colonel in the Air Force. He's the squadron commander over at Tinker Air Force Base in the security forces. And he gave me one of his coins. And that was pretty fucking cool, man. Um, That's that's definitely in the box. Yeah. What are your coins like? Mine? Mm -hmm. So I'm in the security forces system brigade up in uh, the JV. And they're. Yeah, I feel like the army's gotten to the point where we just make we try to outdo each other. So if you I don't know if you remember yeah. the, the blue spider coins, it was like a round uh coin. Ours are these huge, like I, mean, I couldn't even describe it's the size of my hand almost. Um tell you what, if you guys shoot me a text of your address, I'll send you guys one. Uh just for, for having me on on something that's on iTunes. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, I'll put it in my actually your if if yours is as big as you're saying it is, it probably won't fit in my box. Oh, they're ridiculous, man. It's it's like everything else in life, you know. Everyone's got to outdo everybody else. Yeah. No, my uh, my uh, my my current my company now. Uh, my first aren't had coins made. They're bottle openers. You know what I mean? They're. As usual, technical difficulties stop this awesome conversation about Kevin trying to stick coins in his box. <laughs> We're gonna come right back. Sorry about that. Did random you button? phone call. No, no, it was a oh. random phone call. 
Hey, sorry. Hey, welcome back. But sorry yeah. about that. <clears throat> Random phone call came through. Anyway, coins. <clears throat> yeah. So no, it's 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 a big one too. It's like the size of my palm, and it's you know it's black. It's a bottle opener. They're they're uh, they're numbered. You know what I mean? It's a pretty cool coin, but it doesn't fit in my uh, my coin case. Yeah. Yeah. Your coin case. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's better <laughs> than saying, a... <clears throat> you know it, it doesn't. It's so big it doesn't fit in my box. I mean. Take that how you want. I keep my coins in a plastic bag. You probably you don't keep them at USA in a safety deposit box now that you're all connected <laughs> with them, man. I should. One hundred percent. I should. I should go in there and be like, "Hey, man, uh, I got these coins jangling in my pocket." <laughs> it was your com- your commercial was USA, right? Oh. The- <clears throat> The commercial was uh, no, it was just army. It was army. army okay, yeah. I yeah. remember. I don't know what it was like. Was it the Super Bowl? Yeah, it aired during the Super Bowl one I, year. I want to say twenty or two thousand nine, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, somewhere in there. I don't remember where I was, but I remember I was like away from my family, watching with a group of guys, and we were watching the Super Bowl, and that commercial came on. I was like. Holy crap! I know that guy. And it was like, it was like, no, you don't. And I had to like break out my phone and like pull your Facebook up, and it's like, it's this guy here. Uh, yeah. It's wild. I was like, yeah, I mean, it's Tyree Brown. I think I told a bunch of stories about you know you calling yourself the conquistador and all that. Uh, I forgot about that, man. Oh man, how could you forget about the conquistador? Oh, I'm offended. Because you haven't said it in so long. I don't know, man. We're gonna have to get into that. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Garrison life in Germany. Oh. Uh, three. Uh, oh, man. In 03, yeah. 2003 was a very special year for Blue Spaders in, ge- in, in general because no, we were, it was a, uh, it was a special pe- a year for the people of Schweinfurt. Yeah. <laughs> that because was... we were we were stuck uh, kind of in limbo when it come da- came down to uh, deploying to Iraq from Turkey that got shut down. Um, so we were just sitting there in Germany, living out of a box. So those of us who were living in the barracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel mm-hmm. like, I feel like there was a time where like it was miserable, right? You know, we thought we were deploying. Wasn't there a block of time where we couldn't drink or anything as well? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and that was so tough. We drank. We drank a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but man, 2003, I, like I always joke around. I feel like that year was a blur. Cause I like, I'm going to war. I'm not going to war. And then, like, once we found out we weren't going for the initial, but we were going to go later, it was just like, man, we got to party as much as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, then, you know, I don't know. For me, that was a rough year. I mean, that's when I met the Wooler twins. Uh, <laughs> you know, just got, got involved in every, every. I like how you say, like, it was a rough year. That's when I met the Wooler twins. <laughs> it was, yeah. Correlation. We, we, we found each other and uh, you know, say, we, man, I thought I thought you guys were gonna say, like, man, I'm, my dog got shot, but no, I met the Wooler twins. Yeah. <laughs> I got flat tires every Friday on the way home. Oh, yeah, I, I feel like that year took like later years off my life of you know, just a, <laughs> you know, hey, let, let's go out on Wednesday, yeah, drink till 5 a.m. and get up and go do whatever we're gonna do the next day. Like, so it was an unhealthy but like awesome year. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. You know, you know there's, a, there's a meme that's going around, right? Like, I mean, I've seen it going around a couple times, but it's, you know, it's soldiers like doing something active, like rock marching or fucking in the field or some shit. And it's like, we were the most physically fit, like drunks ever or whatever. Oh, you know what I mean? I think it was <clears throat> the last episode you guys talked about Sergeant Major Beam. Um, mm-hmm. You know, 
as a national treasure should be in a museum somewhere, but absolutely. Uh, you know, doing like PT as we were running by, or I can't remember the story, but yeah. you know, as a, as a sergeant major now, like, I'm sure I do something that kids see that they're like, Oh man, you know, he's doing something crazy. And it's not, it's like, it's super painful. Cause I'm 41 years old. And, <laughs> you know, I don't want to look terrible, but for yeah. me, it's impressive to like, you know, look at a formation of guys running, knowing that, man, you guys were out partying and drinking all night last night. You're still out here getting after it. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, man, I, I, you know, I've never even thought about that. I mean, I mean, you gotta think I, when I, when I made any kind of rank and had any kind of, you know, positional authority or whatever, like it's been in the reserves as a drill sergeant. So I only deal with like trainees, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and they're not out drinking the night before more than likely. Hopefully, um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm not looking Fingers at a formation crossed. of like, of, uh, you know, semi drunk dudes or hungover dudes, you know, like ready to do PT. So that's gotta be, I mean, that, that, that being on the one side and I, and I know how, um, you know, you were with the holders, and I know how we all were back in '03 and, and during that time frame. So now to be at the level that you're at uh, today, looking back on that, and then like, like you said, looking at your formation, being like, "Damn, man! Like, how the fuck is it even possible?" Right? Um, and I, like, <laughs> you, you, I feel that like is I'm, genuine enthusiasm and shock when you say, yeah. "Right?" <laughs> <laughs> like, really? It's That's funny, awesome. man. It makes, it makes you empathetic. And I, I'll tell you a story. Um, man, it was when I was a, a first sergeant at Bragg. I was walking into a building with one of, one of the guys from my company. And out coming from the building was Command Sergeant Major Herb Gill. Um, and I had seen him. I knew he was on Bragg. We, just, we hadn't connected at, at any point. And we both just looked at each other and I was like, holy shit. And, you know, I got this kid from my company. He's there telling, you know, whatever story he was telling about, you know, me being a drunk dirtbag. Yeah, specialist and, and we walk into the building after we're done talking to him and i look over at the guy that you know was walking in with me and i'm like yeah, we all come from somewhere right you know like, one day you know you'll get in trouble you'll get away from it and you'll be a you know whatever but yeah we you know we all come from somewhere and it's what makes us who we are uh yeah so. Dude, that, that's awesome and i bet you that young soldier was like damn man i got some i got the inside scoop on first on Absher. oh you know man <laughs> Mm-hmm. We'll go back and tell the boys. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, it kind of makes you wonder, right? So we look back at like the, you know, I look, especially like, like, like so let's say, you know, first Sergeant Salinas or even, you know, Sergeant Major Sims. I mean, like once upon a time, they came from somewhere. They were private at one point in time. And, and you know, you know, damn well, first Sergeant Salinas was a troublemaker. Oh, yeah. yeah I think yeah. he was still a troublemaker when he was with us. Hell. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I could just imagine him as a as a as an experienced specialist, you know, or a young a young E five. Yeah, just yeah. no fucks to give. <laughs> oh, <clears throat> bet you that guy was wild back in the day. Yeah. But it is it is kind of interesting to look at it that way. I mean, and you you kind of you kind of hear that on the trail when it comes to soldiers. You know what I mean? Like they talk about like drill sergeant. You you eat. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just. <laughs> It's just a thing, you know what I mean? And like, yeah, duh, fucking eat. Like, well, we thought you were like, you guys were like machines or something. No, we're not machines. Like, we just wear dumb hats. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm just like you, but, motherfucker. Yeah. Just fucking way better. <clears throat> just way better. No, actually, that's one of the speeches that I give them. Is like, the only difference between me and you is that I've been in the Army long enough to be where I am, um, and you just joined. That's the only differences. Um, uh, and I think it's important for young soldiers to kind of understand that because – is one thing that I tell them is like you look at like every Medal of Honor recipient in the, in the Army, um, 
you know, at least all the enlisted ones. I can't really speak for any officer uh, ones, but like, or like special operators on the enlisted side, whatever. They all went through a drill sergeant. They all started somewhere. They were all a private at one point, or you know, an E three or e, you know E four or whatever. They all started somewhere, and probably in some cases pretty recklessly, and then ended up being in these like pretty special places. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's definitely, I think, a really good thing for young soldiers to to remember and keep in mind. Hell yeah. You ain't got to win no Medal of Honor to be special or be awarded the Medal of Honor, however presented, wherever the hell. (laughs) But you can still goddamn be a Sergeant Major of some shit, which (laughs) would be mind blowing to me because that's like, that's fucking crazy. Anyway, here we are. (laughs) We're loaded up into, uh, we're going. We're we're fucking, we're going to Iraq now. Okay. What was going through your mind at the time of, uh, I mean, at the time, I believe, were you, were you married at, the, at that point? Kind of. I mean, we, we'd separated and we, we knew we were getting divorced. So it was just kind of a. Oh, so that was done. Okay. Yeah, that was done. Yeah, I, yeah, I was. Uh, I, honestly, I think the deployment was really great for me because I was like, you know, I'm, I'm done with that. I can move on to, you know, kind of something else. But, um, you know, my mentality of it, hey, I'm not going to lie. I was a little nervous. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't join the army to go to war. I joined the army during the peacetime. And I was like, you know, shit. It, I want to, I just wanted college money and, you know, kind of get out. Um, you know, here I was, um, yeah. and I, I think I got promoted to Sergeant like right before he left. So not only was like, you know, I'm going to war, but I'm going to be in charge of some folks, um, which was, you know, kind of even scarier. But, uh, again, man, I look back and we just, we had such a great group of dudes. It just, you know, that part of it didn't affect me. Cause I was, I, I had the confidence in the, the bros that I was going over there with. Yeah, shout out to your squad. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. Shout out to your squad. Who yeah. was in your squad at the time? Who was oh, your, who was shit, your team? I bet. My, well, my squad leader was uh, Sergeant Winchester. All right. <laughs> and I had Eric, Eric Heil, Mike Stamper, and Bo Zill. I feel like shape, shape up himself. Shape up himself, <laughs> yep. Oh, man. I love that kid. Yeah. Well, man, That's a wild fun. squad. That's a good-ass yeah. squad right there, man. Yeah. I mean, and, you, uh, and you and you know Stamper, like, I mean, we got we got to bring him on, man. I like, I like listening to him talk. He yeah, cool. shoots me messages all the time. He listens. He loves it. I'm trying to get him on too. Just the coolest guy, man. Just yeah. the coolest guy. He was one of the first guys I met when I got to to Germany. Uh, there's, you know, there was a bunch of new guys that had gotten there, and I, I just remember sitting and talking and going out. And I think our first night going out, we went to the Rock Fabrique, and I saw him dancing to to. It's like Michael Jackson thriller or something. I was oh, like, yeah. oh man, <laughs> there is something wrong with this dude, and it's awesome. Man, you know, he, I guess he and his wife just went to um, to New York City, and it, it, I, in my head, I can't wrap my brain around that because Stamper, you know, I mean, you, you remember how he talked? Yeah, you know, he's from Georgia, like D Georgia. I can't imagine a guy like him doing any kind of walking around talking to folks in, in New York City, man. <laughs> That's got to be I, a culture shock for everybody. The camera and not try to get some money off that because that would be hilarious as hell. Oh, I yeah. love it. Hilarious. I will watch it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Both of their accents are so awesome. Yeah. Um, their kids but, are great too. Their kids are awesome. I love that family. Yeah. Um. So when we were in Iraq, though, you uh, you did you you roomed with one of the Wallers, didn't you? Yeah, me. Matt and Coy Tinsley and yeah. Jason King. We all live together. Oh, Coy Toy. That is a wild, 
Boy, boy toy coy. folks. <laughs> toy, Turd Ferguson and King <laughs> in the same room. I know, man. man he's a wild, <laughs> that's a wild bunch, too. He's a he's the first art now, right? Uh, he Gordon. he retired a few years ago, man. He, he ended up getting out. Okay. Yeah, he took the smart smart way out. But uh, man, I I loved him to death. Uh, he was just always such a positive guy. I don't think I ever saw him without a smile on his face. You know, he was Even always when he was mad. Yeah, he was yeah he was always one of those guys. Like you know, you'd be out there burning poop or you know whatever <laughs> whatever crap we were doing it at uh, was a patrol base razor, and he'd just be smiling and he always like have a joke about it. Uh, he's just yeah. one of those like infectiously positive dudes. Yeah, it drove me up the wall, Terry Ferguson. I like him. Don't get me wrong. Drove me up the wall. He did. He just, man, from his positivity, like every now and then, I think that's when like the dark cloud of depression started to roll over me. Mm-hmm. When seeing his smiling face, I'm like, God, man, I just want to slug him. But he's a good dude. Like you can't, you can't hate on him like that. You want to slug him and then give him a hug. Oh, it, you, you definitely don't want to punch somebody in the face because they're being too nice because then you're like the ultimate asshole. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. Uh, the, the SF house we were, you know, doing like guard at or whatever we were doing. Uh-huh. And he and I were there and you know, we were both sergeants and we had to take the trash out. And he's like, hey, man, let's take the trash out. And he's all excited about it. And I was like, I don't, want, <laughs> I don't want to, Coy. You know, this isn't what I want to do. But he just made it like the most fun experience. Like we jumped in a pickup truck and drove trash somewhere and like just a positive guy. It's, I don't know. He's just one of those guys you always want to have around, you know, in, in whatever yeah. group you're in. Just to, because like, you know, Tyree, you said it, man, there's dark days and you need a, you need that guy with a face that, you know, you kind of want to punch, but you also want to smile at too. Yeah. Right. You, you, you want to hear the, the dumb shit he's going to say. Yeah. Just because yeah. it's going to make you chuckle while you yeah. think about <laughs> slugging him in the eye. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, definitely, definitely lightens the mood, man, when you have somebody that just, is just whatever about it, you know what I mean? Like, fuck it, like, you know, it, this might suck, but, like, I'm going to make this dumb comment, and people are going to laugh, and it's all going to be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was a positive thing for me was people's humor out there, man. Like, uh, it sucks sometimes. Like, it sucks out loud And some of the shit that you're going to be doing, knowing that you're going to be doing some crazy stuff at some point. But you're doing it with your fucking friends. Like, not just some guys that you just met, like, it's not a road trip with your, with with some friends from high school. Even it's like these guys. I can't even explain the kind of bond that we had together uh, at that point because we had been together for so long, yeah. and now we're we're going out on these fucking patrols into this city where we're we're fighting. So your first time remembering contact, what was it? Oh man, uh, so I. Can- there's two times that come to mind that are pretty, I don't know if they're humorous or, you know, kind of anecdotal, but I want to say the first time you were near or right behind me, Tyree, um, we'd pull up to an intersection and I stuck my head around a corner. You know, I saw a guy uh, and he was just kind of standing there and I looked back and we were going to push across the, the intersection, the other side of the street. And when I stuck my head back around, he picked his AK up and sprayed and they started shooting at us. Um, so, you know, we all took cover. I was like, holy shit. That guy wasn't friendly at all. Um, <laughs> and there was a Bradley trailing behind us. And it was the PL, it was Lieutenant Gunther. And, you know, we waved them forward. And they came up to the middle of the intersection to, you know, cover us while we moved. And he pulls up, you know, turns his turret, faces you know, the contact. And it's this day, I'm not going to, uh, I'll probably say the words wrong, but he torpedoed around out of the barrel. 
<laughs> so, and I don't know if you guys remember this. He shot like I don't know how many rounds, but he just kept like torpedoing into the ground. And you know, finally they they kicked out the the coax and you know sprayed down. But we were I, getting right. I don't ahead. remember that. I was going to say I don't. I don't remember that. I remember uh, in the 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 torpedo in the round, but I didn't remember that. But I remember looking up at Lieutenant Gunther, or whoever it might have been his gunner, someone in the Bradley looked down at me before we went across the street and they said, Hey, pick those rounds up. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you no. know, I, don't, I don't know where I'm sure my response was like, go fuck yourself or something like that. You know, like, <laughs> you know, I'm not out here on a fucking police call. Yeah. And granted, I mean, I'm sure there were HG rounds that we didn't want to leave behind for the enemy. But, yeah. uh, but I just remember like, you know, this is weird things like that, that, that go through your head. Mm-hmm. Um, like, no, I'm not going to pick up this brass. that's on the ground. Uh, my first thought is like those are UXO you know what I mean like yeah. I'm not picking that up <laughs> and I'm sure that's what they were put them in your too. cargo pocket let's go but you know yeah, my yeah, heart was yeah. pumping so fast all I could think about is like I'm not out here for police calling me alone mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the second time uh, it was at the, the ODA house that night we had the you know the big contact so mm-hmm. whatever and uh, me and Matt Wooler went to go out and get ammo and AT4s from one of the Bradleys and the Bradleys were out, you know, kind of pushed out past the wall. So we had to go to one of the concrete walls and we were both standing there kind of, you know, it was like a TV or a, t- a movie arguing who was going to go first. <laughs> um, and, you know, I was like, all right, Matt, you go first and I'll cover you. And then when you get to the Bradley, cause the Bradleys were facing out. I was like, and then when I get to the Bradley or when you get there, you know, you point and you know, cover me. He's like, all right, man. So they opened that like back hatch of the Bradley. Not they didn't drop the tailgate. And, you know, Matt ran. I was covering him. He dives in the back. He never covered me, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm mad about that. I'm like, dang it! And as I'm running, I see bullets like kick. Like I don't know if it's bullets or what, but like sand kicking up around me. And you know, it's terrifying. I dive in the back of this Bradley through that little porthole, and I look up, and I'll never forget. He probably doesn't remember this uh, to the day, but Sergeant Goff, Keith Goff, like was looking out of the turret shield, like smiling, probably with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. And like, I'm terrified, but I see his smile and it just like, it's going to sound kind of weird, but it just kind of comforted me. Like, oh man, okay. You know, big, yeah. big sergeant smiling. Everything's okay. Yeah. Um, oh, but, Billy D, man. Yeah. The coolest guy in the world. Uh, in just, the world, man. His whole family, everybody there. Just an awesome yeah. dude. And I just remember looking at him smiling and thinking, all right, we're good. <laughs> probably not going to die. Yeah. And, you know, we came, we came back and then, I don't know whatever we whatever we did for the rest of the night happened, but yeah, two two times I remember is like that look he gave me, and then hey, pick up that brass. <laughs> it smells like a warm movie. Yeah, it was. So, That's a good way of saying it. Hey, <laughs> hey I'm, I'm I'm hoping to see him next weekend, man, because he lives down there in the Tampa area. Oh so, yeah, you guys nice. should hit him up. Yeah, yes, so I'll uh, let him know uh, that you said that his sm- Facebook or or something like that. Yeah, yeah, hit up yeah. The yeah. I, I reach out. <clears throat> Yeah, tell well, I'll let him, I'll let him, him know that his, his smile is like a warm woody. Yeah, <laughs> warm, worn in, you know, like hand me down woody. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's, a, that's a downgrade, I think, man. No, that's an uh, upgrade, yeah, man. No, it is, it is. You're right because if you get a woody like fresh out of the uh, out of the plastic, man. It is, <laughs> it is not really that comfortable. It's stiff, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> fuck all that shit. All right then. <laughs> We're uh, in Iraq. You're in a in charge of people. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Actual human it? lives. Actual. Yeah, humans. actual human lives. Like, what was it like? 
uh, in the middle of not middle assembly slides, but what was the everyday life of being a team leader uh, in the middle of a combat zone? I will say, like I've been, uh, I've served in leadership positions from team leader to first sergeant in combat, and mm. the hardest one was being a team leader. Really, um, and it's there is no one really teaches you how to be a team leader, right? Uh, I feel like, you know, we have a lot of schooling set up for, you know, staff sergeants and sergeants classes and first sergeants, but like you're learning on the fly as a team leader, you know, you're kind of watching everybody else around you and just hoping you're doing it right at that point. At least back then, is that, that's what it felt like. You know, we're doing right. Better. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing a better job now, but um, you know what that was like, it was, it was terrifying. Uh, it was, it, you know, we talked about it so far in the podcast and like, you know, we had good dudes, you know, Mike Stamper, uh, he was a great dude, had a great family. I, I don't think I could go back and like, Hey, I messed up real bad. And you know, Mike didn't get to come home. You know, thank God yeah. that never happened. But I guess it's a terrifying thing to think about. Um, so I don't know Man. if I answered your question or not, but I mean, no, I mean, that was, it, it's, it's your feelings about, you know, dealing yeah. with, uh, being a, being a leader <clears throat> in, in that kind of, uh, environment. Yeah. It's like so. I kind of feel like you're saying like the being a team leader is more personal. I mean, because you are like directly responsible for the folks that are. Yeah. Whereas like a platoon sergeant, for example. I mean, you've got your squad leaders; they have their team leaders. So there's definitely like some uh, some some uh, the chain of command there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, um, I mean you're you're responsible for the overall you know uh, performance, so to speak, of the platoon. Whereas as a team leader, like these are your guys, and like if they're ill-equipped, they're ill-trained, if they're ill-briefed, then they may not perform as well, and that will ultimately fall back on you. That's a very eloquent way of saying that. Yes, he has a way. He, he does. Yeah, yeah, actually, that's that's probably the first time anybody's ever said I said anything with eloquence. So <laughs> I, I appreciate. Congratulations! Stitch, stitch that on a pillow, man. Yeah, no, this is going on my calendar. Repeat every year uh, to notify me. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'll remind you too. I'll remind yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, right. I remember. <clears throat> hey, before we get too far, I, I feel like this needs to be talked about. What was so today? We're co- we're recording on Monday. Typically, uh-huh. we we try and record like on a on a Sunday and then push it out on a Monday. But why why didn't we record yesterday, Tyree? I'm asking you specifically. Me asking me? Yeah, yeah. No, Kevin asking you actually. <clears throat> I don't know. Well, why didn't we? What was yesterday? Sunday. What was yesterday? Uh, oh, shit. It was my birthday. Yeah, that, it's in my calendar. Oh, too. man. Okay. Yeah. Happy happy birthday. What? Thank what? Uh, how old are you now? I'm 38. Oh, you got a few more years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Few more years. Still holding it together. Yeah. He's, he, he's, he's together. I've declared the other day he's making it to 82. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he thinks he's going to yeah. make it to 60. I say 82. I want him to suffer a little. Oh, man. Yeah. I told him as long as I can still wipe my own ass, I'm good. Yeah, there it is. So the second they, you know, I can't wipe my own ass or you know maintain uh, the clean cleanliness of it at I a feel like, level, I don't think I would want to kick stick around anymore. Really? Yeah, That's I don't know, man. Cool. I feel like I feel like at a certain age, you you just don't have to care about that anymore. You just <laughs> just not care. I think you with know? technology, so you just be totally chill with just sitting in your own shit. I feel like with technology and bidets now, yeah, you can oh, yeah. kind of get away with. Yeah, you can add a few more years on your life as long as you can press the button. Yeah, man, just oh, okay. Hose the whole thing out, man. They even got yeah, the ones with the blowers, the, the the heat blowers, whatever. 
flappy, not to uh, flappy cheeks. Yeah, just not to dampen, not to not to dampen the mood or anything. But yesterday is also the uh, anniversary of Billy Jack's death. I don't know if you know True. if y'all knew that. I saw yes, that on Facebook. That's what I posted. Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> so that's kind of a bummer. Yeah, it's always a bummer. But yeah. what are you gonna do? It's yeah. life. Hey, Billy, shit, Billy was shit another, lands on shit days. Billy was another positive, like Coy, man. Like he really like, was, man. Just I don't know how tall he was, but he wasn't a big guy. But just carrying that two forty, always smiling, like just a yeah. just a just an awesome kid, dude. My my uh, the so we were in the field um, in Hohenfels, and I'll never forget this, man. This is an 03, right? And we're just fucking exhausted, dude. Like, we're being pushed, you know, to train. We're, you know, there, and it's an intentional thing, right? To prepare us for mm-hmm. the upcoming deployment. But we're just beat, man. And like, finally, we get some downtime. <clears throat> I say downtime as a dismount, you know, sitting in the back of the Bradley waiting for the next <laughs> follow on is downtime for us. And so we're sitting in the back of this thing, and it's, it's dark outside. We have the, um, those like blue or green lights in the, on in the back. Mm hmm. Um, everybody else in there is just racked the fuck out, right? Like we're crammed in there like sardines, and everybody's just racked out except me and Billy. And Billy, you know, so he was like I said before, he, he was Kyle Apache, and so he's sitting there telling us or telling me stories um, of skinwalkers um, as as he knows them through his his tribal stories. And even even him telling me these stories, and these, and these are supposed to be pretty terrifying things, right? Like you know, they 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 come. They come at you as, you know, sometimes as owls and you make wake up with these marks on your body or sometimes, you know, disappearing. Um, so it's, 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 it's a, it was a wild story for him to tell. But like, even as he's telling him, man, like he's got that, like that, that half smile on his face. Like he's just like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a wild thing, man. And that's my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just even so positive about that, man. Like Billy was definitely that guy. Like when things sucked, you wanted to talk to Billy. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's always just, uh, He's that he's that guy. There's really yeah. no other way to, for me to describe it. He's just. Me right though. I feel just say. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, just, I was just saying. I feel like that platoon, man. We had a lot of those guys. Um, if you guys remember Jeremy Curtis, Jeremy Curtis. Oh yeah. There's another oh, guy, yeah. man. Just like a, just an awesome, like happy-go-lucky guy. Like I, I would always volunteer to do. Uh, BP duty with him, like out on the Bradleys. Just, mm-hmm. So he and I could sit there and talk for hours. I mean, just a platoon of good dudes. I've and... never, ever, ever seen Curtis pissed off ever. No, once or tw- once or twice. Um, yeah. Once or once or twice I have, but like his his pissed off and like say you're pissed off, they're not the same, man. <laughs> <laughs> like he he's he's slightly unsettled. He might be like mad about it or whatever, but. He's, he'll still like fuck it. I mean, we gotta go do it. So it's whatever, man. And then, and then that's that. You know what I mean? And like, then the jokes come. Yeah. You know the humor. The humor is out. I was roommates with him for like three or four days before they moved me over to over to uh, Con Con with you. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool time. I think I have one of his uh, thermal shirts still. Yeah, I stole <laughs> his Tennessee Titans hat. Uh, uh. <laughs> well, I, I gave it back to him before. Actually, no way. I think he. I think he tried to like give it back, give it, make make me keep it. But like I tried to give it back to him. I stole it because it was fucking blue, um, and it made my eyes look more blue. And I was trying to like go out and do what single soldiers do in Germany. And so, praise know, Jesus. Yep, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, spread the good word, and blue eyes help with that. Um, 
in a country like that. So did it? Did it really? Uh, I don't know, man. Do you have blue eyes? No, but uh, you know, it, my How's eyes were pretty good. Did they? Yeah. Did they? I feel yeah. like Ty- I feel like Tyree fared pretty well over there. Yeah, I did. Did he? I did. Uh, yeah. Uh, pretty successful. I can't go any higher pitch than that. Okay, yeah, sorry, sorry. Sorry. You can continue to go higher, but you're gonna get the same damn answer. Uh, all, all I mean, all I can give you, uh, I mean, yes, I, I know you didn't do t- terrible for yourself, but I, I do remember a certain trip to uh, the Canary Islands and a certain individual that was um, up your ass for the entire week, who is now a very Googleable, searchable person on iTunes, oh. <clears throat> um, musical artist, Justin. Oh Bieber. yeah. Yep, exactly. Justin Bieber. <laughs> At I that time, dude, he would have been like seven. <laughs> seven and a half. <laughs> Being a weirdo. Yeah. No, uh, I mean, she, she's not really that popular over here, I don't think. But um, there was this uh, pop star called September who uh, who had a thing for Tyree, man. For the whole week that we were there, like, she had a thing for him. And, like, he, man, like, he gave her the coldest shoulder. Nobody uh, knows the story. I mean, no, I, I, I mean, because I didn't tell nobody. So, world premiere. What? Well, well, <laughs> wait, 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 world premiere of this whole story? Yeah. Okay, well, here it is. Here it is, here. folks. Here it is, all 15 people that are currently listening, or <laughs> we'll, we'll listen to this one. Our numbers just kind of dropped a little bit, but that's okay. Um, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, so, and, you know, people can argue, it all. I have pictures of, of, of us. Of us sitting at a table together and her like, man, the look she had in her eyes, looking at Brown. Thinking, hold it together, hold yeah, girl. Yeah, no, she she was she was she was balls deep in, in whatever uh, on you, man. But like, you really did kind of give her the cold shoulder. Like once we knew who she was, and then you were just like, eh. you know what I mean? Like, it's fame know. ain't shit, man. Fame ain't nothing. I don't even yeah, think at the time she was like famous. Like I think she was known in her country. I think. She, I can't remember if she was from like Sweden or some no, shit. No, no, but... no, because she was famous there because we were sitting at the table and people kept on fucking with us trying to get autographs mm. and like taking pictures. <laughs> I got a funny story about that. So we're at one of those clubs uh-huh. and um, I'm sitting there and I hadn't really realized who she was exactly. Um, and people kept on walking up and like taking pictures. And I'm like, that's weird. People generally don't. People That's not a thing don't. that happens elsewhere. Yeah, they don't generally come up and take pictures with people I'm sitting here having a margarita with. So you know, and it was one of those big long whalebone. Were you, so were you, like were you fucking con- idiot? With the, were you uh, confused uh, that they weren't thanking you for your service? Is that what it was? Yeah, completely <laughs> overlooked me and my sacrifice. Yeah, uh, and it was happening more and more, and people were coming up for autographs. I'm like, man, who is this person? So all of a sudden, like it kind of dawned on me i got to look around on the club and her posters up everywhere and shit like she told us her her actual name but you know they were calling her something else mm-hmm. so she's like i'll be back and she, and she vanishes her whole entourage mm-hmm. of broads poof they're gone and then they they pop up on the stage smoke smoke filled stage legs are just, and she's singing her ass off i'm like holy shit this chick is uh is somebody, so I'm like, man, I can't be uh, I can't be out here looking like this in the streets like this. Uh, I gotta I gotta hold it together for the for my people, you know. And uh, my people, you know, I can't be out here with <clears throat> something. What other like? 
Come on. Well, first of all, simping wasn't a thing back then. But dude, like, you could you could totally. Oh, it was yeah. totally a thing. We just didn't have a name a for it yet. Well, true. Yeah. You're true. 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 I mean, I was. I, you're right. Because I, I was simping. I was like, dude, if you don't want her. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that was a hard week in Spain. You know what I mean? Like, in 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 that regard. Um, yeah. Those fucking whale bones, though, man. So we used to go to this. We used to go to this fucking like every night. We'd go to this bar and um, we order these like whale bones. You know what I'm talking about? Like the big, tall, plastic. Yeah, margaritas. Yeah. So we, so we would drink those, man. And it got to the point like night two or night three, we were like having races to see who could like chug it the fastest <laughs> through the straw. And so once that was killed off, man, like we might have another one, or we would just carry those whale bones down to one of these clubs, and we would just fill that up with Corona, and just be drinking that all night, man. Um, yeah, and that's what we were known for. We were so popular at that first bar that the uh, the bartender our our last night or our second to last night bought us brought us a, a Ziploc bag full of weed. <laughs> like just they did. Yeah, you don't remember? You were sitting there. I wasn't paying attention, man. I was drunk. No, we were no. You weren't. We were not drunk at that point because we had just got there. And oh, um, dude, full bag of weed, and he's like, "Hey, man, you guys come here." And like you guys are super fucking cool and you tip well, blah, blah, blah. Hey, man, so I, I got this for you guys. And we're like, that is really fucking awesome. But we can't because we're in the army and it says no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> to this day, I don't know if it was a setup or if he was just being nice. But, you know, because you never know. Right. It was a setup. It was, it was uh, passing shit sprinkled on it. It was going to knock us out. Take yeah. our kidneys. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> so uh back to that uh the year before that when, when we were deployed um so team leader life was pretty uh pretty i guess stressful and in, in like what you were talking about before but did you realize at the time like like that it would be or did you think did you think okay man as i progressed through the, the ranks and the positions that like you know my role uh in combat operations might be a little easier the higher i move up uh yeah no no, you don't. Because, like, when you're doing the job, it's like anything, you know, when you're doing it, it sucks and you think it's really hard. But, like, you know, kind of before the podcast this evening, I was kind of just, I'd listened to a couple of the podcasts that you guys had throughout the day. And it just kind of had me reflecting. And I would say that was my roughest, like, most stressful deployment because I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and, you know, my, I guess, last one where I was a, a company first sergeant. I knew what I was doing. It was, it was a little bit easier, you know, I, less stressful. I had a lot more responsibility. Um, the mission was a little bit more difficult, but um, I guess I don't remember what the question was, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, when you're doing the job, it sucks, and you're like, fuck, this is the hardest thing ever. Um, but in hindsight, you know, looking back on it, now nah, it it's really not that hard. You know, you go, you fight, make sure everybody comes back, you know, before you go out, you make sure everybody's trained and ready. And, you know, it's easy. Um, and it's, yeah. you, you progress, you, you know more about it. You know what you're doing. Where, mm-hmm. And 20, 20 something year old Rob Abster was just out there kind of, kind of guessing, hoping he, right. get, hoping he didn't get kicked in the head by Bill Baggett or you know, <laughs> Herb Gill. Man, and that was and that was kind of the crazy thing, right? Because I mean, we deployed so early in GWAT uh, that I think I think with us, in our whole company, we only had a couple of people, maybe eight, ten people in the entire company that had previous deployment experience. Yeah, you know, um, and our most recent one, we had uh, Regan had come to us 
I think from the 101st or no 82nd. He's an 82nd guy. Yeah. 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 And he, uh, he came to us. And I remember asking him like, man, what was, what was it like to play? Like you were in Afghanistan, right? Like, what's that like? Um, you know, and, and trying to figure out, cause you know, we're, we're, what the fuck do we know? I mean, we yeah. went to Kosovo. We walked around in the Balkans for a little bit, but like, how does that compare to what we're about to go do? How does going to Graf and Hohenfels and Vilflicken and wherever else, how does that compare to what we're about to go to do? Uh, so, um, you know, he was the only one that had any GWAT experience. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like we had a lot of guys that were from Desert Storm, mm-hmm. you know, but I mean, hell, that was like a 20 minute war. Yeah. Um, we had a lot of uh, people sprinkled in with the already strong group we had. It was a really, yeah. uh, it was a really cool little mix of uh, shit that we had going on. Yeah. It really worked out. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like um, all of our um, the few combat experience folks that we did have were were spread out pretty evenly. You know, like it, it was yeah. it wasn't like one one platoon or one element that was heavier in that experience than another was, um, hey. and that was cool. Too. <laughs> And I, you know, at that point, like looking back on it, I don't know, just cause I mean, what we were doing was pretty unique. Um, if experience, like if anybody was experienced, right. I mean, who, who, who had fought like that other than like Mogadishu, I guess, uh, ever. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, we, you know, the counterinsurgency aspect of it, you know, we weren't fighting a uniformed army. Uh, we were fighting block to block. So like anybody that had said they had experience and that was, you know, kind of bullshitting you. Right. Uh, minus the guys who were in OF1. So, no, I mean, that, that's a good point, too. I mean, so, so really, I mean, because even, even when you look at Regan going to Afghanistan, I mean, he had Afghanistan experience, but like the war over there was different. Did you ever get to deploy over there? I did. Um, actually, it's, it's cool you bring that up. I, so, I, you know, I deployed as a first arm with 82nd. And then uh, a couple of years later with the asymmetric warfare group, I was in Syria and like, probably 400 miles apart from where I was, but a completely different fight, completely different, you know, enemy terrain. It's completely different based, just based off the mission and, and the, you know, the operation. So <clears throat> you know, saying you have experience in something is, I mean, yeah, you've got experience, but that's not the be all end all. There, there's a lot more that goes into it. So for sure. And yeah. that, that goes back to like having smart, smart dudes, smart girls, smart guys to your left and right that can adapt and, you know, just facilitate a fight. Yeah, Small absolutely, girls. man. So you're in charge of women at some point? How did that go? I am, man. Uh, it's, you know, surprisingly, uh, it's not much different. Yeah, uh, it's really not. No. Yeah, li- living space gets a little bit, you know, different. You know, it's not like how we were, you know, running around butt naked in front of each other when we were, <laughs> you know, damn well, the lower enlisted are doing that too, regardless of what genders uh, are in there. I, I keep my keep my heads turned. But, you know, I mean... Uh, you know, a girl soldier, a guy soldier, uh, you know, whatever, whatever you identify as, I mean, they're willing to stand up, you know, point a gun at a bad guy and they're, there's not much difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. when I, it should have happened a long time ago. I mean, yeah. I think personally, exactly like you said, any motherfucker who is going to pick up that gun and watch my back all the way through to the end fine by me regardless of whatever you know whatever you're into i don't care i I could care less man as long as you're gonna watch my ass that's all that matters i want to watch yours protect it we're gonna be okay so i was down at fort sill um (laughs) but the first year that i was mobilized on the trail and uh you know for that bulk of the first year 
um, it was all, it was, you know, male training environment. And then they went gender integrated. Um, and we had one cycle come through and then that I came home. And then a couple months later, I went right back to Fort Sill to uh, fall in with another battery to do gender, gender integrated training. And you get all these briefs about like, you know, like, listen, you're gonna be dealing with females, blah, blah, blah. It's a completely different ball game. Um, you got to mind your P's and Q's and do this and do that. And I'm like, if you just do your job, yeah. then, then you don't have problems. If you just yeah. go train your soldiers the way that you would train any soldier, then you don't. Have... So to me, the, the, the people that say things like, well, it's a different ball game. They're the people that probably don't need to be in those positions because they think it's a different ball game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when you when you start to treat your 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 women soldiers differently from your male soldiers or, you know, gay soldiers differently from straight soldiers or whatever the case may be, then that in itself is kind of a violation of the EO policy, if you ask me. But you said you use the word ball game, man. The ball game's the same, right? The stadium's different. Um, right. We're still playing the same game. The stadium's a little different. You know, the stands look different. The fans are a little different. But, like, we're still doing the same things. Um, right. You know, and I – and you hear guys that say, you know, guys and girls actually that say you have negative connotations to it, but it's like, I mean, it's the same thing, you know, 50, 60 years ago with uh, the race thing, you know, it was like, oh mm-hmm. man, you know, black, I can't serve with a white guy. Yes, we can. Don't be dumb. Uh, yeah. It's the same with a guy and girl or just like, you know, like we said, it's just pick up a gun, walk in the same direction as me and let's. Yeah, man. Let's do the thing. My my and favorite at the same argument. Time, I want you to be able to pull your own weight too. I don't want to hear this bullshit. Like we're going to cut down the standards to make it easier for you. Yeah. Well, and my favorite argument to to people saying that like women don't need to be in combat arms is like, well, how is a five foot five, hundred and forty pound female supposed to be able to carry a six foot two, two hundred pound dude when he's wounded? And my response to that is always this: like, I am a six two, two hundred pound guy. And when you put gear on that that wounded soldier, it's going to be difficult for me to pick him up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's a that's just a lot. That but that's why like we train in different types of buddy carries. That's why we have our litters. That's why like the the body armor now has ways to be able to get a hold of them and pull if we need to. That's why we've changed the uh, the PT test to the ACFT, which has a sprint drag and carry keyword there being the drag. Um, that's why we've made it, we've implemented a lot of changes in the army to kind of train our soldiers to be better at these things. Mm-hmm. But like you, your average male soldier can't even do the tasks that you're saying that female soldiers should be able to do. It's just, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a hypocritical, uh, double standard. And, um, yeah. but I, I, I think that the women that we are getting in these roles, like they're, they're serving you know, very well and they're, they're proving their point. Hmm. You know what? I've uh, been around some females in the reserves. Um, not too bad. They know what they're doing, uh, especially in the drill sergeant side of everything. I wasn't the drill sergeant, but I was around them a lot. And yeah, they took care of business. It was. Uh, yeah. I didn't think. It, I, I didn't worry about what the hell they were teaching people because they're always solid. Yeah, man. Met the you stop, you stop looking at gender and start looking at the soldier and and, and problem solved. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but anyway, um, we're way off topic. So you remember, that, you remember that? You remember that time we were in Iraq? <laughs> hey, no, for uh, for real though. Um, what was your? I kind of want to hear like your take on uh, on Baton Rouge. Uh, definitely from a team leader perspective. But then, I mean, just just looking back on it 
compared to like other missions or operations that you've been on and like you know just the impact that that particular mission itself had especially with the follow-on in, in Fallujah and then you know maybe if that had any influence on like future operations that you that you know of or or how it even helped you prepare for future operations yeah man uh, so one I, I had a unique experience during Baton Rouge because I knew as soon as I was leaving or as soon as we got done like as soon as we got to our uh, LOA, for mm-hmm. lack of better terms, I was going to go to Charlie Company. That's what I think I went to, C Company. Yeah, uh, me and Matt Wooler were, were going to go be squad leaders in C Company, so I knew that was going to be kind of the last hurrah for us. Um, mm-hmm. But I'll say, like, you know, we looking back on that now, and I didn't know it then, but the Army treated that, or, you know, first ID who ever planned it, as a, like, you know, kind of a combat operation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we were doing all combat operations, but like large scale, um, mm-hmm. to where we had a frontline trace, you know, which is something we hadn't had at that point. We just kind of, you know, uh, went through a sector. Um, and you ask how that impacted me later on. Like I'd look back on that, you know, just that one operation was, you know, in the large grand scheme of things in the war was small. Um, but I look back on it, it's like, wow, man, like some of the stuff that we were doing then is, you know, I'm learning from today and you know, as a platoon sergeant and a first sergeant uh, in combat, you know, just those little things that I watched Sergeant Baggett do, uh, I turned around and did as a platoon sergeant. Some of the things I saw First Sergeant Sims do, you know, I did when I was a first sergeant. So, um, you know, not just that operation, but the whole, the whole thing was a cool learning experience. Um, something, you know, else about Baton Rouge, when I was in the Sergeant Majors Academy last year, uh, you do a case study and they issue out like a battle to you. And I ended up getting Baton Rouge, which I don't know if it was coincidental or what. Huh. But like, you know, they give you this narrative of the whole, whole thing, you know, start to finish. And like, it was cool seeing names like Captain Rockefeller in it. And I was like, holy shit, I know these guys. That's um, crazy. And it, it's crazy. It's history. And it's like, man, like, you know, history come to life and you see it and, you know, seeing people, you know, in it. So know, that was a really cool, uh, cool moment in time for me. Yeah. And you're molded they, by that shit. You're, you're molded by history. You are yeah. it, in that. You're part yeah. of history and that you, you can never be taken away from you. Yeah, especially when you, when you when you break it down to like the, the to the lower levels. I mean, at least to the team leader level, like your name is just as much in there as Captain Rockefeller. That's that's really, and so they had no idea that you were a, a part of Baton Rouge. I I assume not. I mean that that that's that course isn't that they're not that yeah. in sync, you know, uh, to be yeah. able to figure that out. That's crazy, man! Yeah. How wild! Yeah. Uh, kind of a funny story about that. I don't know if you guys remember when we got to the school. What was it? Yovani, right? Was mm-hmm. that the name yeah. of the school? Mm-hmm. Um, it was like our first day there. I don't know if it was one of the Wooler twins or who, but uh, we went up to the roof and there was an Iraqi flag. And I was like, oh man, it'd be cool to kind of take this down as a souvenir. So I ended up getting it. And uh, the other dude that was up there, I, I it wasn't the one of the Wooler twins and I, I can't remember who it was. It was like, hey, I'm going to take this and I'm going to strip down naked and wrap around my waist as a towel. <laughs> take a photo of me with, uh, with the city in the background. And I was like, yeah, man, I'll, that's a great idea. We'll switch off. <laughs> totally a great idea. <laughs> Made perfect sense. Makes perfect <laughs> sense with this whole open city that can shoot at us behind us. You know, my, mm-hmm. my dumb young Sergeant Logic, you know, he did it. And I remember like, taking a flag, you know, stuffing it away. And I'm on this roof, putting my pants back on and my shirt. And I look at the roof, like roof access door opens. And there's the first sergeant standing there looking at me. 
Like, why the fuck are you up here putting your pants on? And I just, you know, I waved real quick, like, oh, hey. And he goes, what are you guys doing? I was like, oh, nothing. We're going back downstairs. Um, <laughs> you know, years later, I ran into you again. And I told him that story. I was like, I don't know if you remember this, but here's what was really going on. I still have a picture to this day. That's, that's hilarious. Yeah. Man, that's you got to let us have a copy of that. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's sticking with me. Put that on the internet. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's yeah. everywhere. <clears throat> yeah, man. Uh, th- there's only a handful of things that I remember that I-, I-, I laugh about in regards to you when we were deployed. And uh, I mean, I'm just going to say one word yeah. and maybe it rings a bell, maybe not. Um, but uh, bingo. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I can't, to the, I can't, I cannot hear that word and not think of 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 bingo in iraq and um yeah i'm 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 married now and i have two kids um and man i don't know how long ago it was but that story came up in front of my wife oh and i had to explain it to her and she laughed that was the funniest thing in the world but yeah and i guess you know for the audience uh you don't have to tell it if you don't want to it's totally fine i get it (laughs) Some yeah. things can be, be left alone. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they, <laughs> they don't need to know everything. <laughs> probably, probably, probably for the best. Yeah. But no, As when that, yeah. when my wife found out about that, like just in shock, and then you know she found out who I was living with, and she was like, mm-hmm. "Okay, that makes sense, I guess." Yeah. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> yeah. When you were when you were talking about in the living in your chew with the Wooler and uh, Koi Toy and uh, and uh, King. I was gonna ask about it then, but eh. no, nah, man, nah, no. But uh, <laughs> dude, to, to this day, man, like I, yeah, I, and I, I tell people, and I, don't be wrong, I, I definitely omit names because I, I tell people, like, just so you know, like when we're in Iraq, like you know, it's close quarters, like we're pretty close dudes over there. And here's an example of that because I don't have my own example of 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 that. It's just like uh, you know, people talk about war movies mm-hmm. and like you know what what it's like to be an instrument of war. People always talk about uh, it was a band of brothers and Black Hawk Down and stuff like that. Now he's bringing up the movie Jarhead, which was kind of like a, a, you know, before our time and a terrible movie, but like, right. if you want to talk about <laughs> what it's like being a soldier deployed, the weird stuff that those yeah. guys did in that movie. Like that's what a bunch they of 20 year old. Yeah. What a bunch of 20 year old kids do when they're, you know, away from home <clears throat> with nothing better to do. No internet. No. Did you, uh, have you, have you seen vet tv uh it'll pop up my instagram once in a while yeah i've, I've seen a couple of those videos so they have the uh, the tv show that they ended up turning into a movie and i can't remember for the life of me what it was called what the movie's called but you know it's 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 marines oh gr- a grunt's life it's it, uh yeah that's what okay. it's called so marines in afghanistan and uh, they, what they did is they just combined all of the episodes into one big movie. And it really, really, really dials in on, like, the military humor and the military. I mean, because, I mean, there's fighting in it. But, like, it's also, like, all these, like, the things that you're talking about. Just all these random, like, the, the you know, you know uh, talking shit to each other over, like, a uh, situation or moments like, like bingo. or I mean, just all kinds of things, man. And it's it really is kind of hilarious and it's to the, it's it's to the extreme version of it it's like watching it i'm like i don't like to watch this it's kind of fucked up you know what i mean <laughs> but that's like the best part of it because it is so fucked up and like it, it's reality you know what i mean it's yeah, pretty yeah. good man it's 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 pretty good 
<laughs> but uh, I think it's really important that, that they uh, they sprinkle in that little bit of of grunt reality in into those stories. It makes it a little yeah. bit more relatable to us. It makes more sense. About I don't it. think I can. I don't think yeah. I can dig a movie where that I have those moments. It would it would be out of the reality. Yeah. If that if that kind of dumb shit wasn't there. Uh, it's like well, gosh, 2017, I was in Mosul, and my I was walking into one of my platoon like living areas to to try to find the, the platoon sergeant to talk to him about something, and I walked in, and all the the guys were kind of huddled around in a corner. And, you know, I was like, man, what what are they doing? And I walked back, and one of the guys noticed that I'd walked in, and everyone kind of jumped up. I was like, what are you? And they're all circled around this one soldier. I'm like, what are you guys doing? And everyone kind of moves, and there's this man. I don't know how old he was. He had to be early twenties, like standing there, and he's got like American flag Ranger panties on, <laughs> no shirt, and he's this little kid from somewhere in Alabama. So he's got this real like high pitched Southern accent. And I was like, "Hey, what what the heck's going on?" And then the platoon sergeant pops up, who's an amazing human being. He looks at me, he's like, "Oh, hey, first sergeant, let's go outside." I'm like, no. <laughs> like, hey, hey, bro, what the fuck's going on? It's too late for that, buddy. And, yeah. and the kid, the soldier, is just like, first sergeant, they're teaching me how to. And then, like, everyone's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and uh, the platoon sergeant, you know, helping. yeah, he, we walk outside and I'm like, hey, is there anything illegal going on? He's like, no, no, no. I was like, are you guys hazing that kid? And he goes, no. And I was like, all right, what's going on? And apparently, like, a couple days before the kid had found out his wife was having a, an affair with another guy, you know, mm. kind, of, kind of story of being a soldier. Mm. Um, so like any young man nowadays, he downloaded Tinder immediately, set his location to back in, in Fayetteville, North Carolina. He was going to set something up for when he got home because his, you know, his wife had left him. Um, so, you know, the platoon sergeant's telling me all this. I'm like, okay, so what was going on in there? He goes, well, he met a girl and she asked him for a, a photo. <laughs> and I was like, well, "What do you mean?" And he was like, "She wanted a picture of his, you know, his the lower half, his his, 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 situ- his yeah, his, the situation, his what name?" And I was like, "Okay, well, <laughs> wait a minute." And he goes, "He goes, well, he went to the porta potty and took one to the porta potty, and then he told everybody in the platoon about it." And I was like, "Oh, geez, you can't do that." He goes, "Right, that's what I said." He goes, he goes, "So we're doing a class in there on how to take a proper one." And he goes, "So you know, we threw him in, you know, some American flag Ranger pages and that." And he, he walked away. And he was like, "You can't be mad, right?" I mean, granted, yeah. it's inappropriate. And it's nothing I can be a part of, but like that's just like being in a platoon, right? That's the cool shit guys do. It's like, "Oh, your wife left you. She cheated on you. Let me show you yes. how to take a picture of your junk." Right. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah. that's a, that's that brotherhood, man. So. Yeah, know. man. You'd yeah. never get that anywhere else ever. Uh, you're not. Never get it you're not going to get that at Amazon. No, no, man. No. Well, and I tell you, half off. I'll tell you, man. So, like, so being in the reserves, you know, you're also a civilian, right? So I've had mm-hmm. civilian jobs, and you just do not get that same level of connection, that same level of camaraderie and brotherhood in civilian employment. You really don't, man. Um, yeah. Like, I, I actually. I'm I'm envious of of you guys that have stayed in you know to your 20 and beyond because when you retire I mean your benefits are going to be great but I'm also I feel bad because when you guys do retire unless you have something set up to work with similar or like minded people man like it's going to be a rough world you know I don't yeah. I don't know if you've ever thought about that sorry uh, to break it to you I have. <laughs> between between trying to clear CIF and like finding a job I'm terrified to get out of the army yeah. Um, 
mean, I, I lost, I lost a poncho liner like 10 years ago. And I'm, I just, that's, what's kept me in the army trying to turn that in. Yeah, right? um, <laughs> Dude, when we, uh, when I, when I left active duty, we had to clear CIF. Right. Um, so when we, when we got back from Iraq, we had to switch our D, uh, uh, our DCUs to the BDUs. Yep. Um, and we had to do a one for one exchange on them. And they wouldn't accept a pair of mine, a set of mine, because we were on a we were in, on a on a rooftop. I was in the prone on a rooftop, and it was hot as balls outside, and the tar was like melty, and that <laughs> whole uniform was just wrecked, like tar all over it. And yeah. the guy refused to take it. He says, "Can't take this. It's dirty. You need to go wash it." I'm like, "Dude, it's fucking tar. I just got back from the middle of Iraq. Like, what the what do you want me to do?" <laughs> yeah, the absurdity of shit really got absurd <laughs> at that point, and you were just. Yeah, it's hard to handle. Like, man, I I just got done doing some extremely wild shit, and you give me shit about tar marks on my pants. Fuck out of yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, dude. I had to pay for two DCU uniforms. <clears throat> he was crazy as we had the uh, the woodland Molly stuff. Mm-hmm. I still have that. Like, it's still like I, I'm in my garage right now, and it's in a duffel bag right next to me. Your um, IBA? Not the IBA, but the the, the, pou- the pouches. Oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I still have that, and like, it's still got the tar on it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's still in there. It won't come off. And yeah. like I know, in you know, three or four years when I go to retire, it's <laughs> I'm gonna have to pay some somebody somewhere for. Fuck okay, it, man. You're a sergeant major. Just go get some of your soldier shit. <laughs> I don't think there's many hey, people. Hey, hey give me I, don't that. Think, I don't think there's many people <laughs> left around with woodland. Uh, woodland yeah, Molly good gear. point. Good point. Good point. I still have my uh, my LBV uh, from before Same. we got our IBAs and stuff. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Still got mine. Still got that green tape on it and everything. is awesome. Yeah, no shit. Everything is tied down like it's supposed to be. That's not mm-hmm. a thing anymore. You can't make soldiers. T- I mean, like not on the trailer anyway. We can't make soldiers tie shit down. Really? Yeah. Tie downs are like a, it's a lost art, man. I was, uh, yeah, really. I is. was, I was on a range the other day, like last week. And I looked down at this kid's rifle and his optic wasn't tied down. I was like, Hey, how come that's not tied down? And he looked at me like I, you know, like I shit on the ground. He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> he was like, what? what? I, was like, I was like, I don't know, like the 550 cord, you tie knots and shit. Like your squad leader didn't teach you this? And he goes, and he's again, like, <laughs> looking at me like I was dumb. I was like, all right, well. Squad leader? What? <laughs> What's this old time even talking about? Get the fuck out of here, sorry, man. Get out of here so I can do my TikTok dance. Yeah, no shit. Sure. That's the thing, man. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, man. So, I mean, like. I mean, 20 years, right? Like, how, how has the Army changed? I mean, I know we've talked a little bit about it before, but, like, you know, it's, like, it, it's, the soldiers have gotten smarter, right? And they're asking, they're asking better questions than we did. But the Army as a whole, how has it changed? Uh, I mean, we've gotten faster, right? I and I, I think hear. we talked. You can't hear? Technology. I can hear you just <laughs> okay. fine. All right. <laughs> you know, we've gotten faster. Um, and we talked about that in the beginning of the podcast where, you know, just you guys might have to stop this one and come. Okay. God damn it. You kick us out. You can hear me. I can't hear you. I can't hear anybody. I can hear you. Um, give me one second, dude. I'm going to restart one. Oh. Um, all right. Nothing? Yeah, I don't know, man. I think it's his AirPods. <laughs> <clears throat> Always right. technical difficulties. Yeah. It's never happened on Joe Rogan. I know, right? 
<laughs> of course, they're all sitting around in a room. I love watching that one, man. Like Joe Rogan has some cool dudes on there. He really does. Did you uh, did you see the one with Marcus Luttrell? I did not. No, I just saw parts of it where. Oh. Jesus Christ. What a fucking <laughs> fucking nightmare headache bullshit dumb shit. Hopefully Kevin clicks that link and he doesn't start complaining. Yeah. I should sound better now too because I got rid of the pods and I'm just using a wired setup. Finally I found I tore my whole house looking for some. I almost use my uh my AirPods, but my son stole them from me, so I'm stuck with the wired links. Yeah. All right, so we'll wait for Kevin. I actually have to do some editing this time. God damn it. Hey. I should sound better. I got a wired headset. That yeah, you sound from... a thousand times better. Oh, no. All right. There you, there you go. So, <laughs> what did I miss? Uh, we were talking about me, <laughs> me being a Pogash reservist. Um, oh. Okay. No, nah, so TPU is just a drilling reservist, like the one week in a month, the, you know, quote unquote two weeks a year or whatever. Okay. Okay. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, it, we're, we're a lot busier, especially this year. We were a lot busier than usual, uh, probably because of the pandemic from the last year. We didn't really do a whole lot. But um, so like this year, we, you know, we, we finally had like the, our, our best warrior competitions. And then I had to go to MP reclass. And then um, I mean, I was in I mean, I was in uniform probably four months out of out of the year, which is unusual for a reservist. Hmm. Um, it's kind of a lot, but I've, I volunteer for a lot of things too. Cause man, like I, that is one of my biggest regrets about on active duty is getting out of active duty. Yeah. Yeah. I res- <laughs> I, um, volunteered for a lot of shit when I was in the reserves too, in the beginning yeah. anyway, it was yeah. just, it was just different. It was something fun for me. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely a different animal than active duty is for sure, man. But it's, it's given me, um, a broader perspective on on he's well fuck man we're we're invite him back <laughs> okay there oh no he's back you got me yeah that's yeah weird. yeah yeah no, my audio just stopped sorry <laughs> about that no you're good yeah. but um no man like being in the reserves is kind of like 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 i said like broaden my my perspective on on like the the total army mission i guess like you know within the the components yeah um because you know like, you're on active duty man i remember talking shit about the fucking the, the nasty girls and the shitty reservists and how terrible it must be and blah 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 having no real experience with what they do or how they mm. do it uh, other than when we were deployed we had you know charlie second 108 attached to us um and they got a raw deal anyway so that's kind of that's not really fair to judge all of the national guard on just their experience but and uh but i mean and considering what they had i mean that i think they actually did pretty fucking well um all things yeah considered. they did, they did that was a, that was my first experience ever working with the uh, national guard reserves it was like charlie 108 i think and I mean, those guys were so professional um and you know kind of looking back on it and then the way i looked at <clears throat> national guard reserves going forward is, is like you know 
they're like us where they, you know, they have the military training, they have the military jobs, but they're also like normal, productive human beings. So there's like, mm-hmm. they're a lot more mature than us is what has yeah. been my experience. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, and they, and they typically have more to, uh, to bring to the table, right? Because say like an infantry, a, a, a national guard infantry uh, company. I mean, a lot of those guys are probably going to be in law enforcement. So they're, they're kind of used to working in uncertain slash high stress situations. Yeah. But some of those guys might be construction workers or own their own construction company or, you know, HVAC or plumbing or something of the sort. So when you get deployed, like those dudes are handy, man, because yeah. like they're literally handymen. I mean, they can do things, mm-hmm. you know, and we're just a bunch of drunks with guns. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Function. One uh, of the uh one of the um there was a I wanna say uh a, a lieutenant colonel who was also SWAT with LAPD. Mm-hmm. Um and also there's also uh he was a SWAT officer who was killed in in Afghanistan. Um he was also in SWAT. It 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 those kind of positions are filled by a bunch of really cool dudes and uh they, they put a lot out when comes down to uh you know um their abilities uh yeah in in a combat zone it's crazy it's crazy how many people you run into like yeah i serve and yeah i'm in this high ass position in this other other spot too so yeah man. i mean one i think one job helps kind of work on like i mean i I got an opportunity kind of to, Mm -hmm. to work with 19th group special forces um and a lot of their guys i mean the bulk of their dudes were some type of leo um, you know, their, their, their group snipers were also actual snipers for some force somewhere. So, I mean, I mean, they, they worked with their skills. So it's not like they were deploying when it's not like when they deployed, the only experience they had was pre-mobilization. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, that's kind of what I talk about and, and, and don't me wrong. Like I love doc Skillen. Doc Skillen was great. Um, and if I had to pick a medic to go back over with, I'd, I'd probably pick Doc Skillen. But at the same time, you know, you take a National Guard or Army Reserve uh, medic, and more than likely they're an EMT or uh, they work in a hospital um, mm-hmm. and they're used to seeing day-to-day trauma. Might be a fucking um, doctor. Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe, yeah. You, you know, you, but you really never know. You, you yeah, say, yeah. Like they, they probably work in that field in some way, shape, or form. So seeing like gunshot wounds or you know arterial bleeding and things like that, like that's not new to them. I mean, you, you said Doc Skillen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just an awesome guy. I, I'll never forget like him rocking a shotgun on patrols. Oh yeah, you know? <laughs> looking back, like so it's just, it's just an awesome dude, man. And like uh, I don't know the proper words like bedside manner, bedside care, but like a really good medic, like a good demeanor about him. Um, you know, the right amount of tough, the right amount of, you know, Hey, I'm going to make you better kind of guy. But yeah, I guess I I forgot about him at all, but I haven't thought about him in years. Yeah. No, he, he really did play that line. Well, I mean, so he, I mean, he was, he was definitely out there in patrols being one of us, but like when it came down to it, he was also doc. Rocking a shotgun, mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. Being uh, being a fat ass. Sometimes I call him that. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it was. Uh, I'm I'm pitching all the shots from out oh, here. Man. Even though he's on the show right now, he was on the show before. He still peed on me, so I call him Doc Fat Ass, Doc Apotamus, oh, man. Doc Apotamus, Doc Apotamus. I remember doc, that. Dot dot dot. It's heavy. Oh my oh. god. 
Yeah, <laughs> uh, we we probably during that podcast probably should have apologized to Doc for some of that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. So, Doc, if you make it this far in this one, uh, apologies. Sorry, man. Yeah, my my bad. Dog. We were kids. We were we were, <laughs> we were children. <laughs> we were children. Yeah, we didn't know no better. We were children. <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh, no, the reserves in the guard. It, I mean, I, I say all that to say that, like, you know, like they they do have a special place, and I think in in the uh, in the United States Army, um, they do serve a, a their role well. I think, and uh, it, it's kind of ironic, actually. So, like, being in the drill sergeant community. You know, we de- we have our fair share of people that don't need to be under the hat. And um, but you go to active duty, you know, the, the four bases where you have them. And then I guess all the AIT lands that have drills and they're everywhere there, too. Yeah. And, and it's always cracked me up when we would go on those places and you would you would hear it. Right. People would be like oh, fucking reserves or, or like they'd be like, you're a reservist. You don't look like one. What what does the reservist look like? Yeah, I mean, what the fuck are you trying to say? <laughs> like because because I do PT and like you know like I'm not a fat ass like I don't look like a reservist like it's it is kind of funny that this far into um you know the GWAT era that the reserves and the guard are still catching slack from uh, from active duty but I mean it is what it is man I mean <clears throat> that's life look how we treat the Navy the Air Force oh like, yeah well they deserve so, it oh yeah of course of course. <laughs> No, it's uh, uh, it's pretty. You know, I was actually th- that kind of brought up. Uh, so I was talking to my mom earlier today, and we were talking about how, um, you know, people in the Navy, some are, some are on on boats, and then some are on the land. Like you may not, you can be in the Navy for an enlistment or whatever, and never go out to sea. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was like, "Well, that doesn't make any sense to me. I, I think if I was going to join the Navy, I would fully expect to be on a boat somewhere." I was like, well, yeah, but I mean, you know, not, it's not always the case. She's like, just like if I were to join the Air Force, I would expect to fly a plane. I'm like, mom, that's a very small percentage of people wow. that fly a plane. Yeah. <laughs> but, that's a big jump. That's a big right. jump, dude. But, but it reminded me of a conversation that you and I had not too long ago, Tyree, about like, you know, if we're going to join the Army, we want to do something Army. Yeah. So infantry, mm-hmm. obviously. Like nobody, nobody goes out and, hey, you guys want to play Army? Yeah, I'll be admin. You know I mean, like, yeah, it's not. exactly. Yeah, it's not a thing. I'm gonna process everybody's leave forms. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's not a thing, man. I'll be S3. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> you know yeah, and do that. it to the best of their abilities too. Like that's the kind of <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Nobody's going out and playing MP. You know, it's just not a thing. Everybody goes out and they they everybody has a gun. Everyone's a rifleman or a machine gunner. I was a machine gunner with my stick. Um. <laughs> And we're out there playing, you know, army, and that's what and that's what you did, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I guess it stands to the reason that if you're gonna, you know, my mom thinking if you're gonna join the air force, you're gonna be a pilot. Um, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. I had to explain to her is like, you know, mom, they have admin, they have dental, they have all those people too, cooks or whatever, you know, it's a thing. <laughs> so that doesn't make any sense. How are they the air force then? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that's a good point, mom. That's a good point. Like, hey, they got the Space Force, too. Like, oh, you ain't yeah. going to be out there in space. Nope. You ain't going to go touch they're, Pluto. They're all astronauts. <laughs> <laughs> the whole lot of them. Yeah, the whole lot of them. The whole yeah. set. Okay, so where do we leave off with the story uh, before we are rudely interrupted with technical difficulty? We were, uh, talking, about, uh, we were talking about coins. Challenge God coins. Goddamn. 
No. <laughs> that was no. That was like, <laughs> no, was like two hours, hours ago. I blew my mind right now. I'm like, holy shit. We gotta wrap this up. Uh no. Um no, what, I, uh, I, give me a like an ass pucker moment for you while we were deployed. Wait, or any wait. of your other deployments. Did you have- oh man. But now. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah, I asked pucker moment from that that deployment um and it didn't even come from enemy fire um it was on the rooftop of the oda house that day and you know someone had brought an at4 round upstairs and somebody handed it to a staff sergeant who's now a command sergeant major i'm not gonna mention (laughs) who his name is (laughs) and he shoulders it and i'm behind him um, not paying attention and he fires and I don't know if you guys remember this but he hit the like power line oh, like, I yeah, remember 20, very 20 well. meters I, was, I was on the ground running ammo yep yeah and I caught a I, piece I, of like flame from the back of the AT4 uh, <laughs> to my to my DCU top Jesus. and I like knocked me on the ground and I remember looking up at the man who will not be mentioned not going to say his name uh, and the only thing I could think to say was you didn't say backblast area clear. <laughs> <laughs> and just being so angry about that and like my, my arm burning. Uh, and then I looked and I, you know, I'd seen he hit the, the power line. Yeah, so there's a lot more to worry about at that point. But like, I remember just being like scared and angry and like, there's nothing I can do about it right now. <laughs> yeah. He had, he had more casualties behind him than he did in front of him with that AT4. Yeah. I'm sure, man. I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was I was run, I was running back from the other building when when that hit the power line and hit the ground. Uh, not expecting that at all. I don't know if you guys remember. Um, it was we were out on a TCP. It was like very early in the deployment. It was nighttime. Yes, and exactly I definitely was talking about. And I shot the guy in the leg. Yep. Uh, you were at a TCP, like and. I was on one side of the road, Billy Jack, and I want to say it was Bozil. I just remember Billy Jack on the other side. And this car, like, you know, we flashed, he kept going, you know, flashed again, fired a warning shot, and then he, I guess the warning shot made him want to speed up. And he sped up and drove past us. Yeah. And I, like, I, I remember pumping rounds into the side of the car as he was like rolling past us to try to get him to stop. And, uh, and he came to a stop a little bit past us. I remember going up the car and seeing the guy was, you know, bleeding from his lap. And instead of being like, oh, man, let me run to this guy eight or, you know, whatever I'm supposed to think about, like, you know, pull him out of the car and, you know, zip cuff him. I was like, oh, man, I'm going to get in so much trouble for this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it. Yeah. And I remember, like, Lieutenant Gunther was a PL and him looking at me and he's like, are you OK? I'm like, yeah, that guy's not, though. Uh, and like Sergeant Baggett came over and like, I was like, fuck. You know, I'm the first guy to shoot somebody. It's this old ass man. Like I'm gonna get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I, he was obviously in the wrong. And I'm, I guess I did the right thing. I don't know. Uh, but mm. like, yeah, I just remember, like, man, I, I'm I'm in trouble. So. Do you remember? Do you remember towards the end of the of the, of the deployment, we were um, we had a little detainee center there on Brassfield, and some of us got assigned to work there. Yes. Were you a part of that ever? I don't know. Are you talking about the? Uh, at the like MP ICDC station or like on Brassfield? No, it was it was right on Brassfield. Yeah, I don't think so. 
Um, I was a part of it. I had to work a shift or two there. And um, that guy was still there. This was seven, eight months into the, the, the deployment. Actually, I think it was after, no, I after Yuvani. It was before Yuvani. It was before we went to Yuvani. It was while we were doing Hands Across the Desert. So this is five, five or so months. The dude was still there, had a brace on his leg because um, he had surgeries to fix it or whatever. But they just kept him in detention the whole time. Well, he's obviously a bad guy then, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I feel like if, if, they, if, you know, they, if they retained him there for that long, uh, he was probably not a good guy. You know what I mean? Like, why else would we keep him in detention? Yeah. Yeah. No, I was hopefully. like, wow, you're still here. That's wild. Like, what happened to your leg? And he's like, oh, yeah, I was driving. Like, this is the story that he told yeah. me through an interpreter. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like I heard about that. <laughs> Crazy. Tragic. Have a good one. Tragic. Yeah. That sucks, man. That's the wrong place, wrong time, I guess. Anyway, have a good one. Bye. I feel so bad for you, man. <laughs> it's funny. I, uh, Zoom you know, your like, lips over there. Years later, you know, however many years later, in 2017, like, you know, I had a kid that did something stupid out in the sector. And I looked at him. I was like, you know, I was here as like a sergeant, like a young sergeant. And I'm here again as a first sergeant. You know why? And the kid's like, no. And I was like, because the same dumb shit you're doing now is the same dumb shit I did back then. And all we're doing is perpetuating a cycle. It's mm-hmm. just dumb guys like us, you know, that we keep, you know, so... <laughs> yeah that was where we kind of left off man is like the you know like how, how you how you thought the army had changed from from then oh, to right. now man that's right yeah um yeah and again i said in the beginning like you know guys are smarter um and we're a lot better at a lot of things but we're still you know we're we're, we're suffering with some other things you know obviously a lot of the stuff we suffer with is in the news right now um mm. but you know i i think you know, the army is a sample size of our society and the things that our society struggles with are the same thing the army struggles with. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I don't know, like, uh, the army's army's changing with society. Society's yeah. becoming more accepting of certain things like the army's right there with it. So, um, you don't, you don't think we're a little behind in some things. Oh, um, I, I 100% do, man. Yeah. Um, you know, if you look at the suicide rates in the Department of Defense right now, in the Army in particular, I mean, they're high. Uh, yeah. they're, they're higher than they should be. Obviously, one's, one is too high. But um, And when I say we're behind, I mean, I, I don't know how to fix it. Um, but I know, like, me being a 40-year-old man, I can't fix a, uh, an 18-year-old kid's problems. Right. Um, and, I, and I think that's kind of, you know, what we tried to do, you know, I I don't, I don't know what it's like to be an 18 year old infantryman, um, you know, in, in whatever unit a kid's in. Um, cause I, I that, that's not my mentality. I didn't grow up with Fortnite and TikTok. Right. right. So, um, <clears throat> and I think we're, we're trying to fix a problem set with, you know, kind of, kind of some older methods. So uh, when you, when you say if we're, we're right there <clears throat> catching up, uh, I think we're a little bit behind, but you know, we're, we're working towards it and we're, I think we're getting better. Better than better than we were when when you know the the three of us were serving together. Yeah. Well, I, I think I had mentioned it in a previous episode, but um, you know, I just had a drill not too long ago, and uh, it was a battalion wide drill. We're, we're a bunch of satellite companies, so we're not even all in the same place. Um, so once a quarter, twice a year, whatever it comes out to, they 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 bring us all together as a battalion, and we we do our 
you know, our classes, you know, sharp classes and suicide awareness and all that stuff. And um, I guess this year um, they had, they had revamped the, uh, the suicide class, suicide prevention and awareness class. And it is the exact same information, different PowerPoint slides. And I, I kind of made the point that you can't, you're not fixing the fucking problem. Like a PowerPoint slide, putting everybody into a room and then having somebody talk about what's on the slide or reading it from a piece of paper while they look at a slide is not the answer, man. Like that's not what's solving the problem. That's, that's, I mean, I, that's to me, that's the way, uh, that's the department of defense or, you know, whoever the shit that's them acknowledging that a problem exists and slapping a bandaid on it. Like we have to go above and beyond that. Um, I mean, but it's not even a bandaid when you're just, it's just a PowerPoint. It's just statistics being thrown at you about suicide. I want to hear that shit. I want to talk to the motherfuckers who feel this way, you know? Well, no, that's, that's what I'm saying. So the, the new class is, is basically all about intervention. You know what I'm saying? Like talk to your people, like interact, blah, 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 have a conversation with them, so on and so on, which is cool. Right. But that's what we already do, but that's not, that's not where the problem exactly lies. Not for soldiers in, in the military, at least. I mean, maybe, maybe a handful of cases of folks that are still in, um, find themselves alone and isolated and and maybe if somebody were to approach them and and ask them hey how's their how's their, how's their day going you know what's up with you blah 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 like talk to them like they're a human then that mm-hmm. might that might sway them from that path but you know when you talk about suicides after somebody leaves the military once they transition back into this the civilian world i mean those 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 rates skyrocket and it, it you know no amount of like I mean, we that's and that's part of the part of the reason we're kind of doing this too is like so we can kind of stay connected and, and tell that stuff, right? Because you know what I mean. Like we've all we've all been in these positions at at one point or another, and it's just nice to hear. Fuck, man, I'm not the only dickhead feeling the same way. Yeah. But you know, I mean, for these other dudes that don't have that, I mean, I I got a message t- today, same 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 uh, same message as before. I don't know if you heard it in previous episodes, but like a couple of Marines had been tuning in and listening yeah. to us and they were super excited that they were like, fuck man, like these dudes are talking about it. like, and, they, and I guess they, they were listening to us talk about it and they felt comfortable enough to talk about it. You know, like they didn't know that they could or something to that effect. And it, it's, it's kind of, that's awesome. And apparently one guy in that crew, um, <clears throat> thanks to, and I say that like, I try to say that as like humbly as possible, but like, thanks to like our previous episode um, where we talk about like suicide prevention and all that stuff uh, or suicidal thoughts and, and, and all the stuff that falls with it. Like apparently like he listened to the episode and like it, it, it kind of helped him get to a better place mentally where he's able to talk to his friends and, and they could connect on some level and, Fuck, man! Like I can't, I can't, I can't express enough like how awesome that is to hear, dude. Because like, because you're right, as like you said earlier, like one suicide is one too many, yeah. right? And we are, we are way, um, and we, so I don't know, man. I, I don't know what the fucking answer is, but I know it's not a goddamn PowerPoint. You, you, it's not. Um, and like you said, for the active duty, it's easy because we have. It's not easy. But, you know, we have systems in place like, you know, every soldier's got a team leader. You've got your bros, you know, you've got that network that you can you can re- reach out to. But for me, man, I, like I'm terrified to, to get out of the army. Um, mm-hmm. And it's something I'm, I'm pretty open with. Like, I don't know. You know, I don't know what I, I 
I've never, I've never left active duty and it's, it's a, a void that I don't like I'm terrified of. Uh, I was talking to my wife the other day about it and I compared it to, you know, like the end of a Netflix series or, you know, a show mm-hmm. that you watch, like, I mean, we all watch game of Thrones or, you know, whatever show and this, the season's over, you know, the episode's over, whatever. And that's it. There's not going to be another one. And you're like, fuck yeah. man, no more game of Thrones. And I know it's like a really trivial example, but you know, a couple of years I'm going to retire and then, and I, that void, that emptiness that's filled my life that like, you know, I don't know, represent my country on the, the biggest stage that you can imagine and, and, and not having that anymore terrifies yeah. the shit out of me, uh, to where I'm, you know, where I'm going to be. So, uh, it's, I don't know. I'm, I'm glad there's, there's things like this podcast out there and then, you know, social media, it's where you can like text your buddies or, or whatever and just kind of catch up every once in a while. Cause yeah, it's awesome. <clears throat> I would say, man, um, so I mean, like I said earlier, like, you know, being, you know, leaving the active duty reserves, blah, 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 I'm mostly a civilian, right? So I've had a lot of civilian jobs where you don't, you just don't have that same connection with people. Like you might, you might work at a place with a vet, another veteran, but, you know, it's not always the same thing um, or it's just that one guy or whatever. So like, you, you know, you two hang out, but then like yeah. you're kind of isolated from everybody else, blah, blah, blah. So, but got um offered a job to work at an ecs down at fort chaffee um and it's a miltech job so like i have to be in the reserves to to to, to do this job wait which means, explain what those are um so fort chaffee is a base in arkansas um elvis was there um and then <laughs> ecs is an equipment concentration site so basically all like military vehicles that a, that a base may own um or be in possession of kind of goes through there, cycles through there, gets fixed there, gets assigned to units when they come there to train, all that stuff. Okay. Um, and so I just got offered a job to work there. So all the guys are Miltech, which means, you know, you know, military technicians, you have to be in the Army Reserves to work there, which means, I, you know, I have to stay in the Army Reserves. So I'm at 20 and a half years in the Army right now, so I'll have to do another fucking 15, which is fine because it's the Reserves. Yeah. But everybody that works there is also in the Army. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They've all okay. deployed. They've all done something. They've all been somewhere. And, you know, a couple of the guys from my unit are there. My, my first sergeant works there. Another drill sergeant buddy of mine works there. And then two other folks that used to be in my unit that were drills work there. So that, that camaraderie and brotherhood or that family vibe will exist there. And that's, that's something that I thrive uh, or I'm sorry, crave. Um, and I was going to say, man, like, so like for you, when you, when it does come to retirement, man, like, you could totally be that dickhead sergeant major, retired sergeant major, who works at CIS. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's really about the relationships you make right now, because you yeah. know that time is ticking. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it's not not as scary as you think it would be to step outside in that open open outside world. I think it's like, a matter I, of expectations, right? Yeah, I had a, a buddy of mine that was a, a recruiter for JB Hunt, uh, the, the the major trucking company in the U.S. And mm-hmm. um, he, he was a military recruiter for J.B. Hunt. And um, he, would, he told us he got this, like, retired lieutenant colonel who, uh, who uh, contacted him, or he had contacted or however that happened, and was like, so the guy, the guy made demands. He was like, okay, here's the deal. I'm a, I'm a retired lieutenant colonel. You know what that is because uh, I know you're in the Army also. So I will accept a position no lower than, um, like, vice something or other of a company. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like well 
you know how you went in the army and you started as a fucking, you know, maybe you were enlisted, probably, you know, or a butter bar and you worked your way to where you were. The same thing now applies in the civilian world. Um, the guy's expectations were way too high going into it. And I bet you that guy is probably still struggling. I mean, this was a couple of years ago. So he's probably still struggling with, you know, that, that transition. Yeah. Um, it's just managing your expectations for what the civilian life is going to be, man. But like, I mean, the cool thing is, is you've, you'll have at that point, if you retire in a couple of years, you'll have like what, 24, 25 years in the army. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you could go do whatever you wanted to do. Walmart greeter. <laughs> yeah, do something do something that you love at yeah. that point something that you love you love the military now i'm sure but do something that you love so that way that yeah, host, next uh, that next career that you take on will be something you could uh that, that's something that go ahead. I, have, I was gonna say i have an idea you can host a bingo night <laughs> <laughs> I oh, <laughs> you know Jesus what I mean? Christ, yeah. Just mm. a room full of people. Ah <laughs> uh, man, there's a name for that, and I don't. Sure. Yeah, it's called bingo. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's dude, like BMW bingo. Yeah, oh, man, yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah, dude. Bunch of, bunch of creepy up. old men. <laughs> Hell yeah, man! I'll come. I'll come to your first bingo night. Yeah. As, a, as a spectator, <laughs> ah, that's worse. <laughs> That's worse. But, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Ultimately, oh. man, just, just do something <laughs> Do something you love. And, and uh, it, that way, work never seems like uh, work, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, man, what are your hobbies? My hobbies now? Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, gosh. <laughs> I know you dialed into your, your, your kids a lot. Yeah. I, like, I try to spend as much time with my kids as I can because uh, I'm gone so much from work. Um you know, with deploying or field or TDYs that any opportunity I can, man, I just want to make sure my kids are like well-rounded and normal. So I spend time with them. Mm -hmm. Um, But for myself, dude, I, I don't know, like I work out a lot. I ride my bicycle. Um, A lot of just random old man stuff, I guess now at this point, (laughs) you know, like, yeah. (laughs) yeah, Yeah. At the end of the day, man, I want to keep my daughter from, you know, being a, a dirty girl and I want to keep my son from following around dirty girls. So yeah. And being a dirty boy and being a dirty boy, just, just trying to balance that out at this point. Hey man, (laughs) that action shot you got of your son playing football. What was it last week? Oh yeah. Yeah. Did he, did, did he make that tackle? He got, he got to tackle. Yeah. That kid Uh, was uh, like four times the size of him. Dude. It's, it's like my son's small. Um, I don't know how tight he's less than five foot. I think he's like Four or ten, four eleven at this point, and all of sixty three pounds. And we get out there, and these kids are giants. Um, but what he has on his side is before we were here, we lived in Maryland and in the Baltimore area. So he played the hood before we got here. So he's tough. <laughs> like he's a, he's a tough kid. Yeah, and uh, you know, I love watching him. That reminds That's me awesome. of something. Yeah, that reminds me of something, Johnson. I remember. So you talked about on the last episode, you played uh, high school football. You played like outside linebacker or something. Yeah. 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 And I remember you spearing people. (laughs) And like, I remember we got like a crop of new guys and it was like Dougie Fresh or somebody. And I was like, dude, you should go spear that new guy. (laughs) And like, you would do this like massive, like run and dart towards dudes. (laughs) Yeah. 
Oh yeah, glorious. <laughs> glorious. Like I sat in my, I sat in the the parking lot of my headquarters this morning in my pickup truck, laughing my ass off thinking about that. <laughs> I'm laughing now, dude. Yeah, oh, no, I, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> me, me and Peeps used to go back and forth on it, man. I got him once in the field, dude. Fucking laid him the fuck Ooh. out, dude. Oh. And then he waited. He, man, he camped on me for so long. We were in Kuwait. And uh, we had our Bradleys kind of parked out there in the sand outside uh, kind of, you know, where our tent was, you know what I mean? Damn. And, like, it's it's dark outside, you know what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm talking to somebody. I don't remember who I was talking to, but, like, all I hear is, like, the across the sand. And then Peach just laying me the fuck out, dude. Like, I didn't even know. I was I'm completely blindsided, dude. That was the end of it. Like it was like got me good. It was like a, a feat of physical amazement to watch you do that. <laughs> good lord! Do I think about that shit now, though, man? Like, there's absolutely no way that my my body, like, I try to stay physically fit as well, and like, there's, I, yeah. I just feel like my body would like hurt from doing that. Like, you, you know? would go completely vertical, yeah. And just, <laughs> and it was always, oh, yeah. like, and I, I, I don't know. Looking back on it now, I, I shouldn't have done it, but I was like. You'd be a random new guy, like, dude, you should spear that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I speared a lot of people, man. Yeah. <clears throat> that was great. Great yeah, and you, and you gotta think, man, like at the time, you know, I was, I mean, I wasn't a heavy person, but I was still 6'2 and probably just at 195, you know what I mean? So uh, a long spear. <laughs> just running it, poor Dougie, Dougie Fred. Full, full speed. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I remember the yeah. sound. <laughs> the ch- the sound of the chest. The fucking- <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's that. That's that dumb shit, man. That I that I like to remember. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah that's funny. That's awesome. Oh I man. Or like, I got I got somebody in a fucking a, a, a rear naked in formation. They're just sitting there smoking or whatever, minding their own business, not doing a damn thing. Jeez, you're a fucking terrorist. I mean, it gets worse. Um, so I get them in a the rear naked, and they put their fucking cigarette out, cigarette out on my arm, my hand, or my face, something like that, and just to get me let, to to get, to get me to let go. Um, Dave, dude, we were in Kosovo, man. Like him and Haugen were like throwing the football back and forth, and they like they threw it at me, so I just didn't hold on to it. So Dave tried to get the football from me, and he got me in the rear naked, wouldn't let go, and I was about to pass out, and I eye gouged him. Yeah, man. <laughs> I've been pulling knives on people. Like I remember slicing open Billy Jack's BDUs. Yeah, I remember that too. Yeah, was that yeah, at man. the McDonald's across? It was. The network? Yeah, I remember that. I'm yeah, just man. sitting there looking at y'all. Look at these, look at these crazy, crazy white boys. Yeah, right. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, man. the craziest shit. But it's 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 kind of that stuff that we're like we're talking about, and like, I mean, you know what I mean? I don't know, man. I like it. Yeah, wild, that's fun. wild times, wild times. I appreciated it. Yeah. And so let's move on with the story. All right. We are back. Uh, wait. Yeah. Fuck it. We're landing back in Germany, and we're in Germany. What is the feeling that of that? What is what's the feeling that you're feeling knowing that you're out of that combat zone for now? So I remember the bus ride back, and I feel like you were sitting right behind me, Tyree. Um, I might have been because I like I'd gone over to Charlie Company, but when we flew back, we flew back as a gaggle, mm-hmm. 
And uh, I just remember like being on that bus ride back thinking about like, man, I'm going to drink Shrineford dry. (laughs) (laughs) Like it is going to be bananas. Yeah. And I remember getting back to like uh, whatever. I don't know. We were as a basketball court or a field, wherever we were at. the the Basketball courts. Yeah. The reintegration ceremony. And I was standing next to Matt and somebody else. And like, you know, they were like, all right, you're dismissed. And, you know, family members came up and hugged everybody. And I remember looking over at Matt and being like, well, all right, man, I guess we're going to get drunk now. Yeah. Uh, and it was that moment of like, well, we don't have anybody, but we have each other. So yeah. mm-hmm. let's, let's no. go get, let's go paint the town red. No, I was just going to say, man, I, I have my, uh, my, my memory of that is like, you know, like the big welcome back thing, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. then, go see your families and then like those of us who didn't have any family single soldiers or whatever we're just standing there like like my family's in arkansas you know what i'm saying yeah. like there's nobody here to greet me coming back from iraq yeah but you know i i'm not the only one and like you said let's go get fucked up you know what i mean yeah. and that's what it was and that was that was uh i mean that was cool i don't you think anybody I mean? it would have been nice I, I don't think anybody like had a good night that night though like i don't like we all went out with expectations of like it's gonna be crazy, and then you know, six beers in, and <laughs> yeah, like, you right, just I'm ready uh, for a nap. Yeah, I just want to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, in, in the bar- were you you weren't staying in the barracks at that point, were you? Nah, I was out. Yeah, yeah, we. Uh, I remember in the barracks, the um, the refrigerators in the rooms had beers for us. Two yeah. beers. Yeah. Yep, two yeah. beers each. And uh, so, uh, shout out to Rear D for hooking that up. Mm-hmm. But. uh I, I, I definitely that. remember feeling a slight buzz off of those two beers. Oh man, it was a long, was that was a long year. I was trashed. The best part about that whole thing for me coming back though was that bus ride. It was like, man, I, it was nothing on the road going to blow up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was bouncing around from seat to seat. I was taking pictures. I, I, I got, got the, like everything else I have somehow, but it was just the feeling of man, there's nothing to worry about at this point. It's done. Yeah. And all these faces that I remember, the, you, you know, it's just uh, everyone that's here, they made it. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know what the fuck is going to happen from there, but that shit's done. That was a feeling I had. It was just like the most peaceful feeling I've ever had in my life. Yeah, it was kind of a... It was kind of like... I don't know. Is this even real? You know what I'm saying? Because like, because that was kind of a long year. But like, when you're on that bus after the plane ride, and you're like, okay, well, I feel like that. I was just here. That ended pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But yeah. like, fuck, so much had happened. All these things have changed, and my 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 mental state. You know, my, where where my where my head is at. It's a it's a different place completely. Um, yeah, it was. It's definitely a that's definitely a time to sit there and kind of ponder on some shit, but uh, I definitely was looking forward to getting shit faced. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think and it, like you're saying, man, it, your mental state changes and it doesn't matter if like, you know, you got shot at every day or you didn't get shot at at all. Like something about you changes on a deployment. You know, you're away from everything. Uh, every, everyone goes through something on a deployment that changes them. So when you get back, man, like life's different. It's, it's mm-hmm. not, not the same. So. <clears throat> no, and I, and I try to, I try to, it's one of the things, one of the things that I don't understand about people that, that practice like stolen valor 
okay, they, they were in, because a lot of the cases they were in, um, they served at some point in, or maybe the, you know, dudes that did deploy, but like, didn't really do a whole lot, but they always come back with like these crazy war stories. Like they got to understand, like, just because you didn't go out and do what everybody thought or expected you to do, doesn't mean that you didn't go over there and do something most people didn't want to do. And so there's something, there's something to that. And so there's no reason to come back and be lying about shit, man. Like, or, or to, to fabricate stories to make you look cooler. Like just telling somebody that you deployed to Iraq is still kind of a cool story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, I mean, people obviously, have, to, have to double their stories. People have to make this shit sound better than everybody else somehow, for whatever. Yeah, right, reason. right. Yeah, well, I mean, right, man. You, you know, because everybody wants to hear the combat stories. Nobody wants to hear the rest of the shit. Which is why movies like you know Black Hawk Down or uh, Band of Brothers and all that stuff, like why they're so popular, is because it is all the combat stuff. But actually, I think Black Hawk Down, for a portion of it, kind of uh, um, <clears throat> that part where they're uh, I cannot remember their commander's name. Uh, Colonel Steele. making fun of him. Yeah, Colonel Steele. Yeah. Well, well, they were making fun of him, and uh, and Colonel Steele pulls him over. I think it was was he Colonel in, the, in that movie at the time? I think it was a Captain. Yeah, yeah, Captain. Captain. I haven't seen that movie in years. <clears throat> and he he pulls that young specialist over. He's like, "What are you doing there, uh, young specialist? Whatever." But like, they're sitting there like making jabs at the at the commander. I mean, and that's that's pretty typical. But like most of those movies, people aren't watching it for that. You know, they're watching it for like the action for the 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 tracer fire and the explosions and the this and the that, all the things that fire up their fucking dopamines and all that bullshit. But like, you know, so, you know, when it comes back to, I served X amount of time, blah, 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 blah. That's not as cool as being like, Oh man, I was in combat. I did this. I did this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, nobody, nobody cares about know. bingo. <laughs> yeah. Nobody cares about bingo. Um, but that's the thing is like there's there's no reason to lie about that stuff, man. Everybody does their part, um, and just because you weren't in a place to do things doesn't mean that like you still didn't do something cool. Yeah. Well, that's that's when and, mental illness comes in. That's mental illness. That's what that is. <laughs> that's not. I mean, that person in their head is cracked, and they they need to beef up their story because they don't feel it was good enough. To, to impress folks. I mean, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's uh, what is it, um, narcissistic thing. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely, you know, it's unnecessary is what it is, but yeah. it is what it is, though, man. So, um, I, I, and you don't have to, like, really, because I know for me, uh, when I left active duty, you know, I came home and I had no military support, you know, and all that stuff. And you know, I had an uncle that was in Vietnam, um, but other than that, like, I really had nothing, man. So, like, I really started to feel the struggles of uh, that transition. <clears throat> and, like, you know, PTSD-type things flare up. And I felt extreme guilt for for leaving active duty, actually. Like, extreme guilt. Um, but, like, how – I mean, did you have to – I mean, did you ever deal with anything like that? Like, staying like, active duty? Like, you know, going from a unit to unit? Yeah, man. Uh, you talk about the guilt from, like, leaving a, a unit – um, I mean, just all that, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you, you develop that like uh, connection, right, to to the guys you're working with, and when you leave, when you PCS somewhere else, especially after deployment, knowing that you know right around the corner the same guys are going to deploy again, it's rough. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, one hundred percent. I unfortunately, like like I said, I was a first sergeant, and I had to 
leave my company during the middle of a deployment Dang. to go to go be an HHC first sergeant, um, which was like a like the worst time of my life. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we were in the middle of a fight, mm-hmm. and I got notified that hey, you're going to a different company. Uh, it's a promotion. You should be happy about this. It's like no, man. Like these are my bros. Like <laughs> we've been yeah. here. We've been another fighting for six months. I don't want to leave. Um, and there is that guilt, like, you know, tomorrow I'm going to get on a helicopter and I'm going to go to a different base, you know, to, to a headquarters company. And, you know, these guys are going to go on patrol and, you know, God knows what's going to happen to them. So, yeah, I mean, it's still there. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's something you. I guess in those situations, though, you can probably take solace in knowing that, like, I mean, Especially considering how you are, I mean, like you, you can take solace in knowing that, like, you did the best that you could to make sure that they were prepared to handle what's ahead of them. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, and um, and that you know, th- I know that's that's not always enough, right? Like when I was, and I think, and you know, I talked about it before, but when I was on the trail for the first time in two thousand nine, you know, the average deployment time after completion of training was two months, and so I took it personal. I was like, okay, well, the only real training they're going to get is going to come from your drill sergeants and i have you know experience in this kind of thing and so i felt it was my my uh my obviously it was my job but like i I took it personal i was like i need to give them as much as i can uh, of what i know and but then you graduate the class you know they go on to their ait and then fuck you just kind of wonder you sit back and wonder man like and i hope they all made it (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) have you ever have you ever looked yeah, no, I've uh, I actually got contacted by a mom of, uh, of one of my four who was a combat medic with the 101st, and um, while he was working on a soldier, he got hit uh, direct impact by an I uh, sorry RPG. He lived. The uh, RPG didn't detonate, but it, it fucked up his arm real bad. Um, but she's like, she found me on Facebook and contacted me and was like, "Were you so and so's drill sergeant?" And I was like, "Yes." uh who is this and she told me who she was and um and uh told me the story is like holy shit man this is wild um and then yeah so and you remember what was it 2011 when president obama called uh victory in iraq and seesaw combat operations but then like the next day like three soldiers died yeah yeah one of those was mine yeah uh, so it is it, it it is a personal thing it is it is really weird to hear um to to know that those things are happening um but i mean at the same time like i said like you kind of take solace in knowing that like i did the i I gave them as much of me as i could and i did the best that i could in ensuring that they were as prepared as they could be going into that situation at their level so you know it is what it is man but and and that's the nature of of the military you know that's kind of part of it yeah rough it's a it's it's one of those things that yeah it is what it is and it just sucks about the military man like we make you make some of your best relationships and connections here you know in the military and then you know three two three years go by and it's like all right time for me to go make some new ones yeah uh, so. that's a cycle and then hey, how does that work with you and, and uh, your kids how many uh how many times have they had uh, to pack up the house so for my daughter i mean she's only four so it's she's she's not really feeling it but my son man he's he's getting ready to turn 13 um and yeah it's hard i mean he's moved gosh you know we're in italy 
Fort Bragg, Maryland, and now we're here. So that, I mean, that's a significant amount of moves for a young kid to go through. Um, mm-hmm. And it makes him resilient. Uh, yeah. And, you know, certain things you could see, like it bothers him. Like, you know, I, when I called him from El Paso and I told him, like, hey, man, we're not going to get to stay in Maryland. We're headed to the, the West Coast. Uh, you know, he was depressed. But at the same time, he's resilient. I hope, you know, it, as much as it sucks now, it helps him later in life to be a, you know, a, a more resilient, flexible human being and more adaptable. Yeah. He's not, he doesn't end up being a, a saw gunner in the, in the industry like I was. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Yeah, right. But you know, <laughs> give, give him five years and he'll be, I guess what that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Coming back from Mets with his first 11 Bravo contracts. It's like, bitch. Yeah, yeah. I met this, I met this cool guy at the mall. Yeah, right. Told me about this bonus. Yeah. <laughs> he had a uniform just like yours. <laughs> Way less shit on it though. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But you know, and you gotta think about it too, man. Like the, the family dynamic in the uh in the army. You know what I'm saying? Like divorce rates are stupid high uh in in the military. Um so to have a strong family dynamic because you have to, right? Because yeah. you know, like I, I feel like with all the moves, with the deployments, with the op tempo um schools training etc like the, the the family dynamic has to be a good one a strong one um otherwise there there will be struggles uh, i mean I would, there's still gonna be struggles but you know i wouldn't be where i'm at right now man if i didn't have that uh, and i think like anybody that's successful in the military uh has has figured that out you know like mm-hmm. my wife like you know, i joke around with her all the time but like she like i I couldn't function as a human being outside of work if it wasn't for her. Like, I don't know how yeah. to pay a bill. I don't, <laughs> like, I barely know what grade my kids are in half the time. Um, but, you know, she, she, she kind of keeps everything together and she has a career. Um, you know, she, she's crushing right now, but yeah. <clears throat> yeah, man. That, so that, she's, she's definitely like a multi-hatted, I guess you could say like, I mean, you're living the army life and you're doing what you got to do. Cause you I mean, that's a huge responsibility, especially at the start of major level. Yeah. And I mean, so, and she's caring for the family. And then she's also on top of that, like, like you said, having her own career. So, I mean, yeah, man. Yeah. Like, you know, every, every, every ceremony I go to that I get to talk, like, and I have to thank people. Like she's always the one I thank, you know, yeah. the most because like, you know, we joke around about like, you know, the, the army spouses being the hardest job in the army. That's kind of like a joke, right? But <laughs> yeah. holy shit. Like I couldn't imagine, um, you know, I come home one day and I'm like, Hey, I'm going out of town for two weeks. Uh, so figure out your schedule. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I mean, she, she's out there crushing it. So, and, and, yeah. you know, she's not the only one, every, you know, every wife that's, that's making that happen is, is just as amazing as her. Yeah. Does she uh, does she go around post telling people that uh, she's a sergeant major? Also, I was just thinking the exact same thing. I was just thinking the same thing. Like, did you get her a t shirt or something that says "I'm sorry, major"? You know, I'm the wife of X Y Z. Did you do that? A, Please tell a, me you did. I didn't. Telling soldiers you stand up for her. So, we, mm-hmm. what's funny about that is, she, you know, she we didn't get married till I was a staff sergeant, um, and she's never really like felt the pain of being a military wife, like. And she had to deal with me being a drill sergeant and we went to Italy and, you know, she got to live that life. And, um, so she's been pretty disconnected from it for the, the last few years. We are around like military families that are like that. She's just, she, she doesn't understand it. She's kind of standoffish to it. Um, 
but I tease her all the time and call her like a dependopotamus. Got to give her a reminder every once in a while. She's going to hear this and she's going to be like, I have power. And then uh, wait, wait, a <laughs> I have the power. <laughs> she, so she, uh, y'all were married when you were a drill too. Uh, we got married right before I hit the trail. Yeah. 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 Fuck dude. Like, so newlyweds before you hit the trail, man. Good oh, yeah. Lord, bro. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I, re- I mean, when, when I was at the academy, uh, they, they said that, uh, you know, the, the drill sergeant community has the highest divorce rates in the army, which understandable, right? You got to be able to, your drill sergeant's got to know when to turn that shit off. Like you're not at home, like barking orders at, at your, at your wife or husband, but some people are. Um, oh yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't imagine, um, I am not a married person, um, or I'm, you know, <clears throat> I'm, I'm single. No, uh, no, but like I've never, I've never had Here to go, go on the trail or, or, or deal with that shit. while while also being a drill sergeant. So like, because I have I have a couple of mobilizations as drills, and I couldn't imagine, man, I could not fucking imagine what that would be like for a newlywed couple. Crazy. No. Congrats <laughs> to y'all for making it. <laughs> it was hard, man. It, you know, we were a newlywed, and uh, my first like first or second cycle, I ended up. You know, we got pregnant. She got pregnant. Like, I guess I did a little work there. Yeah, a little bit. Um, you showed up. So, like, so had a yeah, showed up to the game. Uh, so we, you know, we had a baby during that time. Um, mm. Yeah, it was. Yeah, man, being a drill sergeant sucked. <laughs> I love it, man. <laughs> it's terrible. No, I love it, man. I uh, like. So, <clears throat> when did you get your hat? Do you remember? Two thousand eight. That's when I got my hat. Was it okay? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I could yeah. join in. I, this is when I joined the police academy. No, you, know, you can't join in. Um, I'm, so- <laughs> I'm buttoning it. I'm jumping in. Damn it. No, yeah, I got my hat in 2008, and I'm still. And so that's another thing that, like, I, man, I used to feel like a kind of a I fuck, man. I've been in the army for 20 and a half years, and you know, I'm an E6 drill sergeant. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I look at like you, and, like you're like a sergeant major, like. Gil, like he's a sergeant major, you know, and like, you know, Coy was a first sergeant, you know what I mean? But like, it's also the reserve, man. It's a lot slower. And um, I also was really pretty hesitant or resistant, I should say, about, you know, reclassing my, my MLS because 11 Bravo in the reserves just doesn't really go anywhere at all. Right. No, you don't. <clears throat> no but uh, I mean, it is what it is. They finally got me to reclass the 31 Bravo uh, this year. So should be moving along, I guess. But. I actually, nice. re- I love being a drill. And I say that as a reservist, knowing that, like, I'm going to go for a short tour sometimes and I'm going to go home. You know what yeah. I mean? But, like, I volunteered for all of my moves because um, I, I I like doing it. Now, being almost 40, man, keeping up with those kids. It's hard. Dude, it's going to be a struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have a mission next year to do a full cycle. Um, I'll turn 40 on it. And, uh Oof. Yeah, so I'm gonna start preparing now, man. It's like it's like preparing for like the Murph or some shit. You know what I mean? Like, gotta start a year out to get ready to go <laughs> deal with these fucking seventeen year olds. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> oh man. But it's 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 good though, man. I'll tell you what, like that is like I mean I've I've, I've, I've had the opportunity opportunity to do a, a couple of things in, in the reserves that are pretty fun, pretty rewarding, blah blah blah, right? And um. I mean, being a drill though, man, like, you know, like week three, week four, their light bulbs kick on and you're like, 
like okay so they're they're kind of getting it now you know what i'm saying they start to go into auto private and kind of yeah. know what's expected of them and uh and then you you remember them when on, on on day zero when you pick them up and they're just all ate the fuck up just hot and exotic all wild all over the place not knowing what which way is up and then nine weeks later or you probably did 11 bravo osa right no i was in jackson man oh shit okay so different world completely so yeah Yeah. nine weeks later when you're about to you know graduate them and send them off to ait like some of them are doing the frankenstein across the stage but like for the most part you know they look like they know how to wear their greens and uh or their blues whichever uniform and um it's like dang man like i had a part in that it's crazy it's one of the only times that i can remember in the military where i've seen a finished product yeah you know if you yeah. like, like training training events and everything else but like at the end of it you could see like hey i did that like that kid is going to be awesome and it's because me and like three of my bros like mm-hmm. you know put forth effort and, and made him or her a, like a, a warrior or yeah. a soldier whatever whatever word member of a team yeah member yeah, of a yeah. team yeah. yeah yeah for sure yeah that's man fucking and like, awesome and you, that's awesome and you, and you get the parents and they're like i don't know I don't even recognize my little Gerald or whatever her name is. And I, I, ma'am, I don't know who Gerald is, but I'm sure he's one of these bald kids running around here right now. You know what I mean? uh, I'm gonna guess. But, I'm gonna guess it's the chubby one over there. <laughs> now I gotta ask you on, on that note though, like when you when you did have your shipbag soldiers, right, and like mom and dad comes up to him, was like, "How now? How did my little so and so do? Were you honest?" Yeah. So, I mean, if, if they made it to graduation, no, I was like, oh, they're great. You know, they're going to, they're going to do great. You guys did a great job, but I always love the ones that would call when their kid was getting kicked out, you know, mm-hmm. like, I mean, you, you, I'm sure you've seen the, the, the soldiers mm-hmm. and like the, the ridiculous stuff they do to get kicked out of the army. The parent calls and they're like, you know, how come you can't make my son or daughter a soldier? And it's like, I can't do in nine weeks what you failed to do in 18 years. You know? Oh uh, man. Um, I, obviously I never said that to another you know, person, but <laughs> that, that's just that, like, that's what it is. I, I have nine weeks. You had 18 years. Uh, you know, yeah. I can't, there, there's no, what you did. Yeah. I'm not going to like open your child up, flip a switch and they're automatically going to be a soldier. There's some foundations that, uh, I, I feel like a person has to come with. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, obviously, we do a good job of instilling that into people, but you know, at the end of the day, there's, there's strong parenting that goes into it as well. Yeah, man, for sure. No, I, uh, so I had a couple of them, man. Um, I remember the first kid, the, uh, the first unit that I was attached to, I, uh, I got, I got farmed out to the active duty, uh, unit to my first cycle. And, um, they, they ended up, ended up uh, he wasn't kicked out. He was recycled. It, it was a recyclable event, but, um, he wasn't allowed to graduate and it was, they, he, they found contraband in his, uh, in his wall locker they found porn <laughs> like <laughs> like full-on magazines right and um and so the dad of the kid apparently was retired something or other and the first sergeant had been in contact with the dad because the dad was in contact with the unit um you know how that goes and uh yeah and so the first sergeant chose to not tell the dad and um, this happened like right before graduation when they found it during a health and welfare or whatever it was. And um, so the kid w- was going to get held back. They had the graduation. They did the whole thing. Well, he wasn't a part of it. And so at the end of it all, first sergeant brought dad and mom over <clears throat> and brought the soldier over and says, I want you to explain to them why it is that you're not 
graduating today and while you're being recycled to a different company. And man, spectating that was pretty great, man. That kid dropped his fucking head as low as it could go. And it mumbled it, dude. His dad lit his ass up, dude. It was insane. It's hilarious. That's great. Yeah. Come on, That's part of the reason I don't want my son to ever join the army because I don't ever have to have that conversation, you know? Like, (laughs) oh, man, you're a dirtbag. Gosh darn it. Uh, Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. How am I part of this? Yeah. 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 And now now I'm I'm staying at parade rest in front of some staff sergeant because my son, you know, was wanting to look at dirty magazines. Oh man. Yeah, and then you know, you know that that first sergeant's like, man, I can't I can't fix it nine weeks, but you could do it eighteen weeks. Exactly, man. Exactly. (laughs) All right. Okay, Uh, so we gotta wind this down, folks. We're having yeah. a bunch of fun, having all kind of technical difficulties. You are. Yeah, I am. <laughs> um, anyway, thank you for coming on our show, man. I had a lot of fun. Oh, I'm bro, sorry, Sergeant, you, man. Sergeant Major. That sounds oh. fucking crazy. That sounds right? insane. But it, it sounds it sounds crazy hearing it. it. Sounds crazy hearing it, man. I, hey, I, I appreciate you guys having having me on. I appreciate you guys doing this, man. This is awesome. Uh, you know, listen to it and bringing back all the memories and like thinking about all the bros that we we had the opportunity to serve with is just kind of I don't know. It's just a cool experience. So you know, as much as you're thanking me, I want to thank you tenfold. Oh Hell yeah, man! Hell yeah! You have no clue, man. You have no no clue how much we we sat around and talked about trying to do this thing. Um, for years yeah Yeah. kicked it around one way or another um in in different variations and we just decided to pull the trigger and it's been helping people and that's fucking out of control man that that our little conversations about dumb shit bingo halls and whatnot (laughs) i don't know what it's about but uh oh little inside jokes going on here (laughs) but um you know Little conversations about crap like that is giving somebody a reason to smile when yeah. uh, they're going through some shit, and that's fucking dope, dude. I love it. Hey, cool. order. I need you to order people that you are in charge <laughs> of to listen. Order. Them. Got it. So that way, <laughs> so that way, you know, uh, these numbers go up. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Make them listen, and yeah. then you know, on the back end. We'll have something for you. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, a, a, a bingo night. <laughs> no, for real though, man. Like, it, yeah, you're just, it's been good to to talk with you again, man. It's been it's been a long damn time, man. I mean, you know, random comments here and there on on Facebook, Instagram, whatever is is is, is this for that. But like, being able to sit down and talk, man, like that's that's a whole other world. It's it's it's. Yeah, man. It's definitely good to, to to hear you talk again and uh, and and trade stories, dude. For real. Yeah, and it's good yeah, to man. see you doing good, and good to see oh, yeah. the family's doing well, and uh, the some that blue spader is rubbing off on you, and uh, <laughs> it's been implemented in multi facets of your life. Yeah, man. Mul- here, multi what, Tyree? Mul- multi facets of your life. Fa- Did you say fascists or fa- <laughs> try it again? <laughs> No, I'm good. One more time? No, no, I'm good. So, <laughs> thank you for listening. 
to before I forget. Y'all have a good one. Hey, uh, like, share, subscribe. Sure. Like, share, subscribe, share. Tell people, play it. Play it in your gym and in your car yeah. while you're walking with send your it, big radio. And send us pictures. Yeah, send pictures. We want to see that shit. Let us yeah. know what's going on with it. Yeah, yeah. All right, <laughs> y'all have a, Later. Goodbye. Right. Later. Later, man.